Hello everyone, welcome to the Charge Shot Gamescast. Teaching everybody friends together now talking about things going on in their lives and possibly games. This week sometimes. I have Yeah, sometimes Maybe. games. <laughs> uh today I have with me Justin. Spoilers, I have games this week. Fuck. You beat me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have low. <laughs> no spoilers, you're gonna have to wait and see. <laughs> and then you also have me, your host Thomas. <laughs> uh Justin, what are you been up to this week? Um, I'll front load it without the games because I already spoiled that there are some. Um <laughs> So I've been uh talking about the saga of my internet and the new house over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And um I can confirm that after about a week with my new Google Wi Fi, it's real good. Uh so nice. I had a friend that came over Sunday and helped me set it up. Um, it was a really nice day out, so we actually got out and, like, you know, took out all of the old cord that was wrapped around the house and stuff, about 30 feet or so. Um, and basically, there was a few spots where, like, they had uh, drilled through the the foundation wall in the basement, um, like, to run, um, well, cable and uh, some electrical and things like that out of the house into the basement. Um, which is conveniently in the room where my office is going to be in the future. Uh, so I wanted to have everything down there so that when I do get my office set up down there, I can just hardwire directly into the modem that's, you know, down in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of poked into the hole that was already there. It was like filled with that like yellow, like insulation stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of gross. Um, <laughs> It's it was kind of funny because uh we're we're very close. We've been best friends since like seventh grade. Um so nothing's weird to us. But I was outside my house and our we basically we don't have a backyard like at our house. It's basically like uh there's kind of a like a fence line that mm-hmm. goes across the property and then we have kind of like a little patio, like like cement patio area off of here, um off of my patio mm-hmm. or off of my uh, office right now. Um and that's where the property line ends. So you have to like kind of like hop into the neighbor's yard to get over to where our electrical box is and stuff. Um, it's technically our yard. There's just no way to get to it without walking through theirs. Hmm. Um, hmm. So it's like butt up to the neighbor's house, and I'm like trying to you know find uh, find what like to get through into the office down there. Um, and so I had this like kind of metal like long metal stick thing that I was poking through the hole and he was in the office, like on the other side. Um, and I like, I felt like a, a wiggle on the other side of the stick <laughs> I was holding. Um, and I like, I got excited and yelled out, I feel you feeling me. Oh no. <laughs> and I half expected our neighbors to, like poke out the window. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, the <laughs> neighbors. So they they tend go. to keep to themselves. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, uh, my wife is doing some, uh, some yard work over nearby and I just heard her go, what the? <laughs> I was like, sorry, we just got, we got the, we got the cord through. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah. Just, you know, just two dudes feeling each other through a hole. Don't worry about it. Feeling each other's cords um, through holes. Yeah. So it was actually really easy to get the hole in um, because I had taken the ceiling and everything out down there. So it was just kind of, you know, a fresh, like, stripped room. Um, like a 12-foot cord with room to spare down there now. Uh, modem and one of the Google Wi-Fi pucks sitting on a window. 
And then I synced the other two super easy. Uh, one's in the living room mm-hmm. um, with our smart things hub connected to it for all the like the smart lights and stuff around the house. Nice, and then nice. one is right next to me um, okay. on my desk with an Ethernet into my computer. So like technically my computer is Ethernet hardwired to the Internet. Um, but it's a wireless puck that like creates a mesh network with the other ones. So like it, it's wired, but it's wireless, but because these are range extenders, it's basically like I'm getting the full internet. You know, there's no degradation basically with the Wi-Fi signal to my computer. Mm-hmm. So as long as there's no degradation from like the, the mesh network, I'm getting full speeds consistent. Like it's been great for the last week. Um, I've been streaming. I downloaded some games and stuff like that. Like it's super quick. We've had no issues, like no buffering or anything like that. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm really happy with this setup. I had read some reviews saying that it's not a true mesh network. <sighs> I don't even know what that means. So I'm good. <laughs> and like I'm fully invested in the Google network with my Pixel at all. Nice. Um, it like all you have to do to set it up is you just put them where you want them. Like plug in each one, go into the app, um, select, you know, sync next. It finds the one you're connecting to. You select the room that it's in just for identify identification purposes later. If you want to like, you know, test the network and things like that. Um, and then it's, it's good. They find each other and they're all in the same network and that's it. It's done. Nice. Um, you can do a network test from the app. Obviously, you know, I recommend doing a third party one too because surprise, surprise, people's own data centers can lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but doing a test from the actual app showed I was getting like 121 megs per second and I pay for 100 meg internet. Mm-hmm. So pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, considering when we first got this all set up, it was supposed to be 100 meg internet and we were getting like 10. Significant improvement. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. So yeah, that's been fun to play around with. I've been trying to do some online stuff all week, but um, the main things I've been playing to move on to that, uh, I was stuck at work for a little bit, like, you know, bored, trying to find more mobile game stuff. I had mentioned I played um, Oddworld's, uh, Oddworld Stranger Ra- Stranger's Wrath mm-hmm. uh, last week, and I had a little more time this week. Um I looked into the Dragon Quest games, but all I heard was that the mobile ports of those are terrible, Mm. but I still had that itch. Mm -hmm. So uh, I got home and downloaded the 3DS port of Dragon Quest VIII and played some of that. Um, I'd never played any Dragon Quest games before. My first one was going to be 11 when it comes to Switch later this year, but I figured I should just kind of like, you know, get get a little crash course. And I heard eight's like kind of the most modern classic one, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it was originally a PS2 game, mm-hmm. but it's still like it shows you the characters when they attack. It's not like the all you see on the screen is monsters, which I hate. Mm-hmm. You know, I was raised on Final Fantasy. I like to see my characters with the you know upgraded weapons and stuff as they get them yeah. fighting the monsters on the other side. It's it's just the way I am. Um, there's a lot of like backwards, like old fashioned mechanics in that game, um, like the fact that when you get items and things like in treasure chests they go into kind of a communal bag and you have to transfer the item to a character in order to equip it to that character oh you can't just like you know if you go into the equip menu and it's like where's like i just bought this weapon where is it 
And like you have to go into your bag, transfer it to them, and then you can equip it. Oh. It's really weird, and I hate it. Hmm. Um, and so, like, they can only use healing items and things that are in their inventory, not in the bag. Yeah. And it's just weird stuff like that uh, that definitely feels like this is an old game that they modernized. Um, it's also very text-heavy. Uh, if you don't, like, go around and talk to everyone, you'll get lost like, it does not, you know, guide you where to go. I got to the mm-hmm. world map for the first time after the first little town, and I just kind of wandered around for a while, because it's, like, it's a little too close on the 3DS. Um, I don't know if it's resolution, or if they just zoomed it in too close, or if they, you know, it's the way they changed the world map, so it's not, like, an overhead, like, 2D view anymore. But um, all the enemies are on the map running around after you. So I just kept running into random battles instead of trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go. Because hmm. um, I, I was looking for a waterfall, but you can't really tell where it is on the map. So I was just kind of wandering aimlessly, getting into battles. And then like I wrapped all the way around to the area I could go. Because I ran into some enemies that were too strong and had to back out. Um, and eventually got over to the waterfall. And I was like, oh, okay. That was like a straight shot. I just went the wrong direction. So it's one of those games. Um, I like it. It's... <laughs> It's probably not my first choice of RPG, but I've kind of had a hankering for an RPG recently, so, you know, it's it's still scratching that itch. Um, one of my friends, the, the one that I, I touched tips with on Sunday, um, <laughs> uh, texted me earlier, he's like, I've, I've had an itch for a Pokemon that Let's Go isn't scratching. I think i got to whip out my 3DS again. <laughs> and uh, I, I kinda, I'd been having a similar feeling, but I thought maybe this would, like, scratch that itch instead. It's not, but I don't really feel like getting into any Pokemon game, so I think I'll just continue playing this. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, I also, uh, we'll get to in the news later, the, the Nintendo Direct, but, um, for reasons related to that, I picked up, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer and its DLC, uh, because that's a game that I probably should have played a long time ago and just never got around to. I'm not really sure why. Nice, nice. It's super fun. Like, I played it, uh, one night and, like, could not put it down for, like, four hours. Um, it makes me understand the appeal of roguelikes. Like, that's how good it is. Ooh. Ooh. Because it's not like traditional ones where it's just you run it over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. hoping to get a better run, like 20XX and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually do get stronger as you go. Ah. Like, when you go around, basically you're, you're, it's a rhythm game. So you're going to, you're, kind of doing everything to the beat you move squares you attack enemies they also move to the beat moving mm-hmm. squares and attacking um i'm sure everyone knows the mechanics of this game but uh as you go around you can basically kind of uh dig the terrain around you and some blocks of terrain have like hidden items or gold or diamonds in them mm-hmm. um and each run uh after you die, you go back to kind of a little hub area, and you can spend your diamonds before you jump back into the next run. And those diamonds are used for either better equipment in the treasure chests. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, you might, you know, the first time you run out, there might be, like, a, a plus .5 armor uh, that you can get in the chests for, like, two diamonds. And then the next time you go out, there'll be, like, a, you know, a plus one armor in the shop that you can get for, like, six diamonds. So, like, the mm-hmm. amounts increase, but mm-hmm. the improvements also increase. Um, nice. And there's also permanent upgrades. 
So, like, you can get more heart containers that you always take into the runs with you. Um, mm-hmm. and some other things like that, like better, uh, gold multipliers that you can afford the more expensive things, uh, in the in-run shops. Um, and so a lot of it just comes down to getting a good run still, but, like, the that progression system means that you're kind of guaranteeing a better run the next time you go in. So it still gives you that sense of, I'm getting stronger. Yeah, like, my first few runs, I was garbage. Because I didn't really understand the patterns of the enemies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out how the game works. Um, I actually ended up going casual mode and ditching the the, uh, the main character. And going through to one of the side characters called the Bard. Who doesn't have to worry about timing the jumps to the heartbeats. Oh. Because um, her whole thing is like she's undead, like this necro dancer, necromancer, whatever, has revived her, but she has to keep with the beat to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like whenever you get off beat, you lose your uh, coin multiplier. Um, and there are some like weapons and things like that that their damage output is based on your multiplier currently. So like it really does incentivize you to keep with the beat. Um, with the bard, you don't have that like heartbeat beat with you. You still, you know, you only go like you only jump with the beat. It's just if you miss it, you don't lose your multiplier or anything. Uh, the only way that happens if, is if like you hit a block, like you try to attack a block that can't be hit, then it'll like make a noise and you'll lose your multiplier. Um, but yeah, I really I couldn't play the game normally. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd think since I was in choir for like five years that I would be better with rhythm. But the problem is, like, it's struggling too many things. It's like you're trying to, you know, stay with the beat as you go, and you're trying to get the patterns of the enemies, because there's some that, like, can only be hit from the side, so you have to, like, make sure you're kind of going around them to get them from the side before they hit you on the front. Hmm. Um, hmm. Some have, like, multiple hearts. You have to, like, kind of, you know, uh, like, jump in on the off beats, slash, and then jump back before they hit you, jump back in, slash, kill them. Um, like those golems that hit like every third beat or something like that. So you can go like hit, hit, and then jump back and then hit, hit, jump back. Uh Um, things like that. Or like mushrooms that like shoot a, a a fungus cloud every like fourth beat. So like when you're kind of creeping toward them, you have to wait. Like if you see them puffing, you can't move forward again or you'll get in the blast of their, their cloud. So it's it's really tricky things like that. Like there's dragons that like shoot laser beams whenever you get like uh in in line of of them. Um and you have to like hit them from like above or below since they can't shoot in that direction and it's like it's super complicated. Mm-hmm. So it's honestly it's hard enough for me without having to match the heartbeat. <laughs> um so I've been enjoying it with the bard though. Like it's one less, you know, level of difficulty. So I can actually just get into the rhythm of the game itself and like the attack mm-hmm. patterns and everything like that. Man, it's super fun. Um, and I can't wait for the, uh, the Zelda, uh, I guess it's a sequel. I don't know. It's like spinoff, sequel, whatever. It's a new mm-hmm. game and I can't wait for it is the point. Looks cool. Um, and from the trailer with that, it looks like it doesn't necessarily have the heartbeat mechanic. So I don't know if there's some other thing that like encourages you to keep with the beat or if they're going more the bard route and just kind of making it about you know, like moving to the rhythm instead of having to, maybe it's an optional thing. I don't know. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't see them like making Zelda and Link have to keep with a heartbeat, but it could still be some kind of like bonus or something. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that game has taken a lot of my time. 
Uh, but, like, the night after I finished playing it, I started to think about, like, the, you know, um, the potential that the game mechanics and things like that has for the Zelda franchise with this new game and everything. And so, like, I went to bed that night, like, with a new video idea swirling in my head. So I kind of, I gave up on, uh, games for the rest of the week and I've just been working on a little, uh, opinion video. It's like 10 minutes. It's nothing major. Um, it's audio only because I've been kind of sick and I didn't want to deal with that. But, um, yeah, I'm hopefully going to knock that out soon. But it's kind of related to Crypt of the Necrodancer because it's been my obsession. <laughs> um, if you can't tell from talking about it for like 10 minutes. Um, but that's most of what I've been playing. Um, I feel like there was something else. But I'll think about it while you guys go. I can't remember right now. Lo, did you play video games? I played a couple, yeah. Okay. You want to hear about them? No. (laughs) (laughs) I personally don't. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad. Well, um, yeah, I've literally been playing a couple of games this week. Uh, Well, first of all, non-game related thing, I finally saw Into the Spider-Verse. Super cool movie. Loved it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was really awesome. Uh, We rented it the other night, and yeah, really, really cool. The animation, just the whole like style and everything, the the blending of styles, it was just the way it came together. Miles Morales also, too. He's on my radar for cool uh, superheroes, for sure. Um, But yeah, other than that, uh, I got into some Dragon Ball Z Universe 2. They added like a photo mode, so I was kind of jumping around, jumped in there, messed around a little bit. They got some cool like uh, filters and features and things. Um, It's kind of weird that they're like they're like adding features and stuff like that, just considering like how long ago the game came out. But I don't know, whatever. Um, Also, just a quick little side note: I noticed uh, I saw um, this little uh, I saw article just saying that uh, it's. They're making like a free-to-play version for like the consoles, which is interesting. I never kind of. I guess it's kind of like have like certain missions accessible for free or whatever. You can still like join other people who have the full game too, so that's kind of neat. I don't know. Maybe we're just trying to get more people to play it. But anyways, um, played some of that. Um, just try to do some offline grinding and stuff because there are just certain things you have to do single player which is kind of weird it's like oh you can't do that when you're in a team but i don't know there's a lot of weird things about this game it's janky but i love it but so i played that and then i also played um i got actually i got really into uh this other game i don't know if i feel like ben might have talked about it at some point earlier on in the show or maybe i did i don't know either way it's um it's called a uh, cross code really cool uh, action rpg it's kind of like it's like action rpg bullet hell twin stick shooter kind of like blend of those sort of genres really cool uh combat's really snappy really it flows really well it's just difficulty uh spikes really early on too it's just kind of like uh it's like you have multiple different enemies they all have different attack animations some are ranged some are not so you have to kind of like juggle between like going between range combat close comp close quarters combat super fun game though i'm just kind of in the grinding phases just trying to get my stats up and all that kind of good stuff but um yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, it's a game that was it's been sitting in my library for a while, and um, I just noticed it. Uh, I think it was uh, September of last year. They actually released the 1.0 version because I bought it. It was one of those early access titles, and so like the game like literally like wasn't finished. So I was like, oh, I don't want to like play through the game if it's like not done yet. I don't want to like hit a hit a wall and be like, oh hey, sorry, the game's not done. This is where it stops. So what was now the, that that's, what now was that the game Crosscode? It's called Crosscode. It's okay. um it has a really cool like pixelated style. It's kind of like a 
Yeah. 16-bit, I guess? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 16-bit. Um, really it's really like, fluid uh, animations and stuff, too. It's like, uh, oh, Christ, what is it? Um, <laughs> I had it in my head, and now it's gone. <laughs> uh, Sigma Star Heroes or something? No, that's not the game I'm thinking of. No. I think I know what you're talking it's kinda about. Like, sort of, it's kind of like takes inspiration from like Zelda, Secret of Mana, games like that, sort of, as far as like... um. Just kind of like general style and stuff. Combat's like whole nother level though. It's kind of it's pretty crazy. It's almost it's really it's really fast. <laughs> it's just like really you can't really you can't like button mash your way through combat. I mean I guess you can, but it's just really interesting. And it's also kind of cool because you, there's like combat mode and then there's like not combat mode. So like you can sort of chain together kills, and the more enemies you kill, you can uh, that'll increase your chances for like rare drops and stuff like that. So it's like oh, so if you like go for like a kind of like gauntlet of enemies it kind of like makes you have to like memorize kind of like where like groups of enemies are placed because one weird thing that this game also does is it's kind of like the the game within a game sort of thing like the whole thing is you're playing as like some you're you're playing as an avatar of somebody who lost their memory or something like that and they're playing through the game to see if they can regain their memory it's it's kind of weird it's it's, it gets kind of strange it's kind of like yeah it kind of it kind (laughs) of a little bit like dot hack for for dot hack yeah Cool game though, but um, it's it's really interesting because like the game within the game, it's like an MMO, so it like kind of simulates sort of an MMO to some degree. Just like there's a crap ton of side quests. There's also just like NPCs running around in these kind of like sort of like common areas. They're just they're supposed to be like high level characters ignoring you because <laughs> you can't interact with them or anything like that. But it's all pretty cool. They have some pretty um, diverse looking um, avatar looking characters. It kind of makes me wish this game had. <clears throat> like a character creator of some sort. You can like at least like change the appearance of your character to make it look, you know, more unique or something like that. Cause it's a silent protagonist kind of thing. So, I mean, it's kind of like within the story, like they explain why they're a silent protagonist, but I thought it'd be kind of cool. Like, you know, just be given that it would be kind of cool if there was a character creator, who knows, maybe they'll come out with a sequel at some point and they'll have something like that. But what I've played so far, really, really cool, really cool game. Um, I'm, I've heard some things about like the dungeons, how they can be kind of a grind, but I guess there's like checkpoints throughout them and stuff. So we'll see. Um, one another thing that this game does that's really interesting. It's kind of like it. Uh, there's a lot of puzzles and stuff like that because you can your your range of attacks. You can either do like a like a really quick attack. It's kind of like a quick fire sort of thing or you can like hold down the button and do like a charge shot <laughs> and um those kind of shots they actually bounce off of walls and stuff so they have like really cool like puzzles like you have to hit a certain switch but it's like way up here and you're like down here and you have to and there's also like verticality to a lot of the maps so it's like you can like jump on boxes and go up certain levels and things like that it's really cool it's just it's they really thought out like the system and like they really built like all, all the puzzles and like the all, all that kind of stuff around the mobility and just kind of like um, sort of twin stick shooter sort of mode so it's a really fun game having a lot of fun with it um i hear there's a lot to it content wise so i'm looking forward to uh, diving more into it and just getting some really cool abilities and stuff so yeah that's pretty much what i've been playing this week though can I jump back in before I forget what I was playing again? Yes. No? Okay. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll keep it quick. <clears throat> First, I played a little bit more Dissidia. Ooh, um, nice. And I realized that I am not, I'm just not good at it. Like, <laughs> I understand sure? mechanically Are how it sure? should work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm really not. Um, or is it like, the game? I tried, well... It does seem a little funky, I'll admit that. <laughs> but I tried to just do like some of the offline, like, you know, just regular matches mm-hmm. um to do some of the challenges and things like that. Like I said, to unlock characters. Yeah. 
And one, it was confusing because I did like five matches and it said I completed a bunch of challenges, but I could like, after I got out and got back to the menu, I couldn't find where the challenges actually are. Oh. So I don't know what I completed. Hmm. Um, and I don't think I got any rewards for it. So oh. yeah, there's some goofy stuff in there, but <laughs> also like, I just, I did some of the, like, there's a, there's a certain mode that is just like, uh, destroying the enemy's crystal before they destroy yours. Mm-hmm. And like the other characters are kind of like ancillary to this, uh, this type of mission, because it doesn't matter if you take them out or anything, you just have to take out the crystal. But then sometimes the crystal is, like, guarded and you can't actually hurt it. And I don't really know how you hurt it, but then, like, it just becomes available and you can start doing HP damage to it again. <clears throat> I don't know all the mechanics of the game. But, yeah, anytime it actually got to, like, you know, me against another character and not just attacking their crystal, I always lost. Oh. Like, I just, I would die, come back, and then, like, okay, let's do it again. And I just, I don't get it. Like, oh, I understand how it should work, I just can't do it. <clears throat> So I haven't, like, uninstalled it or anything, so I figure if, you know, if you wanted to play, then maybe we could do that without me failing terribly, <laughs> but I don't think I enjoy playing against the computer, and that's the only thing you can do in that mode. <laughs> um, and then on the the realm of games that I didn't enjoy, um, I made a big deal about uh, downloading Grid 2 while it was free. Oh, uh, you got it. And okay. I got like three races into that and then just immediately uninstalled it. <laughs> what didn't you like about it? I'm just curious. Uh, I think I just don't like like technical realistic racing games. Hmm. I want my racing to be like floaty and unrealistic like in Grand Theft Auto and Need for Speed. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that like I didn't understand how drifting worked because it's like, you know, you have to kind of I guess brake or let up on the accelerator while you're going around turns and it's Mm -hmm. still like really wide because obviously you're going fast it should be but i want my cars to handle the same at 50 miles an hour as they do 200 miles an hour (laughs) because that's more fun (laughs) no you're right you're right yeah Yeah. that's more your speed and so like i even tried like there you do like the story mode and you're locked into like the class one cars or whatever Mm -hmm. um so i jumped into like an arcade just like regular random like time trial race or whatever so that i could use like the class four cars that came with the dlc mm-hmm. um and i jumped in with my like aston martin you know driving around my james bond car i did some <laughs> cool customizations to it which weren't great i'll say that also the customization <laughs> system in the game is mm-hmm. not that mm-hmm. fully fleshed out um and i jumped into just a regular arcade match the aston martin just still felt real hard to control hmm <laughs> Like a class four car that should have been, you know, zipping around on the roads. I just kept running into the guardrails and flipping over and having to, you know, undo my, my, or go backwards in time or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I respect the game. It's just not for me. So I uninstalled Mm -hmm. it immediately. (laughs) I had a feeling you would. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't get into it too much either. So don't worry about it. I after playing, I was like, huh, I kind of want to play Burnout, so I played some Burnout. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I guess I'm more of an arcadey um, racer myself. Yeah, <clears throat> nothing wrong with. I that. mean, I grew up with Need for Speed and like Cruising USA and Rush and like those, you know. I remember Rush. Like they're racing games, but they're very like arcadey, and you know, right. you can zip around corners without any problem. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, those were the other ones. So I've been playing. Guess what? Guess what I've been playing? Uh, does it rhyme with Jestiny? <laughs> That's not even a word, but yeah, do? okay. Yeah, do. <laughs> Jestiny do? Uh, <laughs> you try to think of a word that actually rhymes with Destiny. I don't think there is one. There right? has to be. Because orange rhymes with door hinge, and everyone says that orange doesn't rhyme with anything. No, orange doesn't rhyme. That doesn't. No. Like the only thing I can what think of is a about? phrase like mana, like in, like destiny manifest to be. You know, but that's not a word. That's a phrase. Again, no, that's a nonsensical phrase too. So, yeah. No, I don't think there's anything that rhymes. Vasectomy. No, well, there you go. That's there you go. Yeah. No, it I does. Mean, like, if it was a rap battle, about? I'd give it to you. But I wouldn't say those actually rhyme, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. It's close enough. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Destiny 2. Uh, the only thing I'll talk about this time is uh, I finally did the Last Wish raid, which was the raid for Forsaken. And this was a bit, I think it was actually a bit easier, but a bit longer than the first raid for uh, Leviathan. Because Leviathan had you more like figure out what to, like everyone had a role to play and this one i kind of like i was the new kid in the in the raid so all i did was handle ads like all i did was shoot ads the whole time <laughs> i didn't have like a role to play which was like i'm fine with that because i'm the new guy and we just wanted to get through the raid raid uh <laughs> while i was hunting eggs so like i just yes. ran off and hunted eggs while the guys did the raid um <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a bit longer. There's a lot more encounters, like a lot more like boss battles uh throughout that raid. Um the first part's pretty cool, like you stand on plates to uh debuff the the vil- the the boss, kill the boss, run inside uh your safety shell, and then she explodes the the whole arena, and then you run out and do it again if you need to do it again. Um <laughs> But yeah, the, the, essentially the, the whole point of the raid is to save these tech witches by shooting them a whole lot with our guns. <laughs> you save them by shooting them? Yeah, you save them by shooting them. You shoot them enough times and then they become back to being awoken. Are you shooting them with bullets of savior? <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, I also got Thorn, which by the way, the bullets for Thorn look fucking sick. Like... Yeah. You can actually see them before they despawn, so I, like if you shoot a wall or something, they look like just giant daggers that you're shooting at people. It's ridiculous. <laughs> nice. nice. Like the Needler in Halo? I think mean, they're bigger than the friggin' needles in Halo. Like, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thorn is a sick can cannon, by the way. Like I worked, I worked on that this week. Uh, t- nice. Like, nice. If you shoot someone with it, they'll take damage over time, but also if you kill someone with it, you pick up their soul, and that gives you a buff to your gun for more damage, and more damage over time, so, like, you, and you never have to reload it if you keep picking up the, the souls that yeah, that's y- cool. your enemies drop when you kill them. Yeah. So, cool it's, <laughs> it's pretty sick can cannon, man. Uh, you can also shoot through enemies with it, it's a, it has a penetration on it, so. I was gonna say, yeah, nice. Yeah, you can line up people, penetrate them. Uh, also, you don't even Hot. have to be inside the, the blights <laughs> to uh, destroy them with that gun. You can just stand outside the blights and shoot them, which is pretty crazy. Hmm. Yeah, sick gun, sick gun. Go and get it. It's great. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, did last wish. Uh, I fucked up the end boss for that one because at the end I was supposed to do uh, like a damage over time attack, which I didn't have on my character, and I didn't realize it until like three or four times after we wiped. And I was like, "Oh, guys, am I supposed to use the bottom or the top tree?" <laughs> 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 so yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of things in raiding that I don't know about, but I played this game for a thousand hours, so like. I just don't raid. I do everything else but raid. Um, yeah, I want to get All back. All I do is raid, raid, raid every day. <laughs> yeah, so I want to get into uh, some more raiding, get more familiar with that. Uh, and I've also been playing The Division 2. Uh, I got nice. a sweet tap dance for my character, by the way. What? Uh, <laughs> it's an emote. emote huh? Tap dance emote. Yep. There's only oh. like three or four dances in that game, and you have to unlock them. Or buy them, and I got the I got the exotic one, tap dance, pretty sweet. Um, yeah, that game's still really hard on your own. Uh, yeah. I, one of my clan members, he uh, he suggested that I just join his game and then like play with him to like level me up faster. But mm -hmm. I'm playing with some people already, so I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to out level them and then like make a second character or. Do something like that. Mm -hmm. So I opted not to cheat the system and just play on my own level. Um, yeah, that game's super fun. Uh, he also suggested that I use the the hive, which is like this electronic device thing that you throw out, and it can do multiple different things. But it can also revive. So if you crawl next to it, it can revive Ooh. you, which is really helpful. So if you're gonna die, you just throw it down and then you revive. Yeah, it's really handy. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I got that. I'm basically doing buff, like, healing for myself. Just because, like, no, no one else is going to heal me. So, <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless I'm with someone. Uh, my cousin just got the game, so we might have a three-man group. Maybe if they had actually released it in a not confusing way, more people would have it. <laughs> He's got a point there. It, it wasn't. I good. would have it if it was actually out. It, it well, is I out. might. It is out. What the I fuck? I mean, are you it wasn't about? when I cared. <laughs> Oh like, I just mean I wasn't gonna like get the you know the beta access early access or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. I just wanted the game to be out, it's out. and so I it 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 it's out for real now. I didn't know that because it's so confusing. I told you when it was out. It was like the fifteenth or yeah, 15th. yeah. I'm just saying it's confusing. <clears throat> no, is it out for real? I thought it came out on the like the like on next Tuesday. Sure it came it came out a week ago. Okay. That's why I took my vacation, because the 15th is when it came out. Well, that's still super confusing. <laughs> it's not confusing. Um, graphically look. speaking, like how, how does it look visually compared to the first one? Is it like better or worse than the same? I think, uh, well, in my memory, it's the same, but it's probably better. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Probably better. It's probably better. I don't know, but my brain says it's the same. Are there any uh, decimated monuments that you've walked through yet? Oh, I went through some of the museums they have there. So like uh, like the air the airspace museum. I don't know what the hell it's called. Um, I went through that. It's pretty sweet. Like there's like uh, um, like space shuttles and like uh, uh, Mars landers like and stuff like and that. Such. Yeah, like airplanes and mm -hmm. stuff. So like there's all these crash things around you while you're fighting, which is pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. Uh, there's also like um, the history of like 
radio or communications or whatever. So you're fighting through mm. all like all these mm. old radios and TVs, and you can see it evolve throughout the time. Mm. So it's like That's it's cool. pretty it's pretty cool because yeah, like DC has a bunch of museums and stuff like that. So it's like a big what if do scenario. They, <laughs> do they have the the Holocaust Museum in the game? I don't know. I feel like that would be a little distasteful. I feel like that would also be distasteful as well. I agree with you. I mean, it's a really interesting museum, yeah. but they shouldn't put it in the game. Right. I have I'm no sure idea. they put select things in the is game. It, is that on the <laughs> west or the east side of DC? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I went for a school trip, so it was just like we went where the bus went. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Was the Holocaust Museum inside Fallout 3 or no? Probably. I don't hmm. I don't know. I don't remember that, but it's been so long. I guess that was DC, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everything looks so different and brown. I can I, I couldn't <laughs> identify things. Um yeah, I've just been playing more of that. That's that's just my time. That's just my life now. I was just playing these games. You are the games of service man. I am. <laughs> I am the service that pro- that, uh, is I it a different crisis as the previous one, or is it like the same like kind of outbreak of the? It's the same thing. It's just that it wasn't able to be okay. contained within uh, New York, so it same got thing, out. different location. Yeah, that's cool. That makes like sense. you literally start in New York, your first mission, and then you get a a call that's saying, hey, "These coordinates are infected. Go over here and do this like, thing." Like the story is like <laughs> the story is basically non-existent, pretty much. Like there is story yeah. and there's stuff that happens and stuff, but no one really gives mm-hmm. a shit. Like the guns feel great. Um, Good. Modding the weapons is pretty sweet. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I'm constantly changing up my playstyle because I don't know what I want to actually stick as. Because I've been using sniper rifles, shotguns, LMGs, and yeah, those all feel really good to play it with. So I remember in the first one, com- uh, the the gun feel was pretty good. I was a, I was a marksman rifle kind of guy, and then because uh, assault rifle is my secondary usually. Yeah. I like the shotguns because when they try to run up on you, you just blast them and they go. Flying. Those melee dudes that just rush you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These melee dudes like get ho- get hopped up on meth and run at you with clubs, and you're just like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> Bam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's I'm just playing that stuff. Uh, there's more cool story stuff happening in Destiny with the uh, the emissaries and stuff like that, but I won't talk about it here because that's. A very in-depth lore discussion <laughs> that you can go watch <laughs> on My Name is Life. Yeah. Yeah. So with that out of the way, let's get into news topics. Ooh. Yeah. So there's a lot of news. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thomas doesn't care about like any of it. So he's just <laughs> going to sit back and probably play Destiny some more. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> And we're going to talk about the news. <laughs> um, I want to jump through a bunch of kind of the quick stories to get to the meat, you know? Sure. sure. Um, so let's start with pizza, because who doesn't like pizza? You know? I have pizza sitting right next to me. Mm, exactly. Pizza. See, I even got Thomas interested. Mm. That's something. Uh, so last week we talked about how a bunch of fans were sending 343 pizza, mm-hmm. and I guess thanks for uh, putting the Master Chief Collection on PC or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, they responded 
by putting a pizza skin in the Master Chief collection. Or no, sorry, in Halo 5. Uh, <laughs> I th- This is an old story. I forgot already what happened. <laughs> um, Which isn't in the Master Chief collection, by the way. Right. Halo 5 is not, because it's the newest game. Uh, all the others will be, but yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. It's not a good skin. It's, it's nothing really. <laughs> um, and I don't think you can, you can even get it anymore. Novelty. I think this was like over. It was already. like a one day yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice but I just wanted to talk skin, about yeah. it cause it's funny and it's pizza. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's called the last slice or <laughs> something it. like that. Yeah. And I guess it applies to any gun. Hmm. Uh, it's a pepperoni pizza skin to make all your guns just that much more delicious. Yeah, any gun. And it Wonderful. just basically adds like a flat like pepperoni pizza texture to your Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Which modders have been doing in other games forever. Because what game doesn't right. look better when it's covered in pizza? You know? <laughs> right. Um, and someone that also probably likes pizza, Sonic. <laughs> I don't know. It's the best I could come up with. Yeah. Uh, so we got some news from the, what was it, like a South by Southwest panel or something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, from Sonic about the new Sonic Team Racing game. Um, and they also announced a new kind of like limited uh, animated show thing um, based on Sonic Racing called Sonic Racing Overdrive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this was an internet only or like, what is this exactly? You put this here. Um, I'm pretty sure, I believe it's, uh, internet only. Um, it is, it should be on the official Sonic the Hedgehog YouTube channel, if I'm not mistaken, but it's, it's mm. the same, the same people who animated this, these shorts, cause there's already one out. It's like a minute or two long. It's actually pretty, yeah. it's pretty entertaining. It's, it's, uh, the animation's nice too, but it's the, speaking of the animation, the same people who animated this did the animated shorts for the the Sonic Mania animated shorts, which are also pretty good. The nice thing about oh, okay. these two is that there's no dialogue, so it's just all just stuff happening, which is <laughs> probably for the better, just I don't know. I just I just that's how I remember Sonic, just no dialogue, just things <laughs> happening on screen. No no cringe like voice acting. Right, exactly. No, right. <laughs> I mean Sonic hasn't been good since Urkel voiced him, so you know. That's true. Uh, but yeah. So <laughs> I just thought it was cool. And we got to see it. There's a little bit. There's also in this article, there's a short little customization trailer, too, for Sonic Racing, which looks neat. So that's, I guess, that's how they're going to, like, you know, make the game interesting, if, even though it's just carts, you know. You have all these different parts you can swap out. It looks like they changed the appearance of your cars, too, which is nice. And they changed stats. Yeah, are they so you can just visual? No, they're not visual. They have an effect on performance as well. So Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. kind of like what um, the Mario Kart games have been doing recently. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very much uh, taking inspiration from, from Mario Kart. So um, I'm just looking forward to seeing, like, more about this game because I feel like there just hasn't really been much, like, out on it, which is surprising just because I feel like we should know all about it by now. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It comes out, like, next month or something, right? Um, I thought it was April. But, I, no, I might be getting that confused with uh, Crash Kart. To, to uh, May 21st. Okay. Yeah, so in a couple of months. <clears throat> I think Crash might come out next month. I think you're right, yeah. I don't know. I can't keep track. <laughs> Either way, though, um, it's just nice to see some more information on the game. Agreed. Uh, but... Uh, 
I don't have a segment for this. <laughs> now it's my turn to sit back and laugh at you. Shut up. Transition. <laughs> but things that I didn't need any more information about. Uh, Call of Duty Mobile. Ah. Hmm. A new free-to-play game. That brings together maps, modes, weapons, and characters from across the Call of Duty franchise to your mobile devices. Because mm-hmm. you have phones, right? Don't you guys have phones? <laughs> um, I actually watched that clip for the first time ever. I'd only seen like the memes and stuff. <laughs> oh, did you? Man, that guy was condescending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's just booing him. He's like, what? You have phones, don't you? He, he knew like he, he was just, in a like, no-win situation. He doesn't even care. Yeah, he was like, in a no-win situation. He's like, smiling. What a dick. Um, anyway, um, this, I mean, this is Call of Duty on your mm-hmm. phone. Yep. Uh, it shows off Nuketown as one of the maps, which, of course, I mean, if you're going to dive into the history... You put out Nuketown. Like, it's mm-hmm. the most iconic Call of Duty map ever. I know it. And I don't even play Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, granted, part of it was because we did, like, a tournament. Um, like, a, a midnight release tournament for, was that, Black Ops 2 at Walmart mm. when I worked there. Nice. Um, so we had it set up and they played on Nuketown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But still. I might be in the minority, but I absolutely hate Nuketown. It's the worst. You know, it's I such was a never small really map. into... I was never into Black Ops in general, so, like, I know of Nuketown. I've played a couple of times. I think I played Black Ops 1 and 2, but then I was like, eh, I don't need this. It's such a it small just map, over. and there's nowhere to, like, take cover. It's like, it ridiculous. feels like Rust, kind of, but more colorful. Because <laughs> yeah. Rust is also what? another small map for Modern Warfare 2. Oh, oh. Okay. For, the un- for the uninitiated. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but, yeah. I mean, I saw the trailer, and I was like, okay, yeah, it's Call of Duty, but... Are yeah. they actually really playing that well, like with like touch controls, or they got some gamepad situation going on? I'm assuming they do, but I don't know. That's one thing that I feel like <clears throat> is probably going to trip this game up. If anything is like the touch controls, I don't know. It's I, don't know. I feel like it's for any, for any kind of shooter that's on mobile. People so, do it with Fortnite. It's true. So I don't know. Maybe um, we'll be able to pull it there's off. There's precedent here, mm. and guess who's making this? Epic. Anyone? Nope. It's a mobile game. Who's making it? Oh, Tencent. Oh. Yep, there we go. It's being made by Tencent, because of, of course it is. Because why wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah. Activision uh, and There's also, in the trailer, there was a tease of zombies, so there will probably be some kind of zombie mode, of course. Yeah. Um, Sounds fair. Tencent doesn't make new things, they just take what already exists and regurgitate it in mobile form. Dump money into So it. I'm sure this is going to be a greatest hits of all your favorite Call of Duty games oh, yeah. things in it'll, mobile form. It'll be so. popular in sure. China. Yeah. I'm sure. And it's free to play. So, I mean, there's that. Like, right. You can check it out. It's not a big deal. But I find it funny because there's been, like, that offshoot Call of Duty series that's been on mobile for years now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I forget uh, what it's called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> and so now it's like, it, 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 that seems to be the trend. It's like all of these things exist, and then the studios that make those things, like the mobile versions of things, will get tasks, tasked with making the real thing. And it's the same as what they made before, just with the official skin on it. Yeah. Like, that was the big deal with the Diablo thing mm-hmm. that we're making fun of. Um, that, like, Diablo Immortal or whatever it's called mm-hmm. is, like, such a clone of other things that use that same style, but, you know, on mobile. Right. Um, and it's being made by the same people. It's like, okay, you just skinned this with actual Diablo stuff. This looks <laughs> the same. 
whatever. Let's move on. Um, speaking of things that'll probably be the same, uh, Bethesda has released the first information about their <laughs> E3 showcase for this year. That's... <laughs> The last few years, they've kind of just done their, like, amusement park, and they, like, show whatever, you know, as part of their amusement park. Um, (laughs) And I'm sure it's going to be that again. Like... Probably. I mean... What do they even have to show? I don't know. Doom Eternal? Last year, they had a really good showing, but then shit happened. We're definitely not seeing anything in Elder Scrolls. That's for damn sure. No, we're not. No, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll see, like, Skyrim for mobile or something, but... (laughs) Or no, they do have that, like, Elder Scrolls Blades that we haven't heard about since last E3 or whatever it was. I think I have that pre-ordered on my phone. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, But the the picture they have for it, um, it's June 9th, save the date, whatever, blah, blah, blah. no one really cares. When E3 happens, you're just going to watch it. It doesn't matter when these things are. Right. The The picture that they show has, like, Doom Guy, uh, the the little demon monster thing from Doom. Mm-hmm. The Kaiko Demon. Um, whatever. It has a giant butthole. That's yes, it does. Look at right now. Um, a trio of shadowed characters. I can't even tell what they are. Uh, like a robot dog or something. I think those are just people. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. A lot of no one, basically, just just people. And then there's a dragon up there. There's like a guy in like shonen armor with horns. <laughs> uh, maybe a maybe a Elder Scrolls thing. And yeah. then there's what I assume is dog meat. Um, I would have guessed that nothing in this image, except maybe the Doom stuff, is like actually related to what they have to show. Mm-hmm. But their tagline is "Be Together." So whether that means they're like showing off some more like online focused stuff or if they're doing their own Smash Bros with, you know, all the Bethesda properties. I was going to say, this is going to be everybody. the most epic crossover, all their games <laughs> right? in one game. <laughs> they own a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, it's true. So, yeah, we'll see. Bethesda's continuing to support E3. Unlike a lot of studios that are dropping out, so oh, there's somebody with the wing stick from Rage. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot Rage. Uh, Yeah, it's that little swirly looking thing. I thought that was like a tailor for a glaive. Will have a tail? No, it's like uh, they call wing sticks in in Rage, Uh, but it's a glaive. Yeah, yeah. probably that whole group is Rage related. I'm assuming so. Yeah, who's like the guy with kind of the bow looking thing or whatever it is? I keep forgetting about that dang game. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Because it just looks so not Borderlands, you know? Yeah. Like, it looks like Borderlands, but not Borderlands. Right. Um, which, speaking of, it's not on here, but there's news that we're going to get some a bunch of announcements from uh, the Borderlands studio. What are they called? Uh, Gearbox. Gearbox. <laughs> at PAX East in a few weeks. Or in, mm-hmm. like, less than a week, actually. So I'm sure we'll report back on that next week. Mm-hmm. Um. But speaking of news that is barely news, um, Hellboy characters are coming to Brawlhalla. Oh, Remember that, that game? That game. Uh, so yeah, Flash Ubisoft. Bros. Ubisoft. <laughs> U- Ubisoft. Ubisoft. I don't know why I said it weird. Um, <laughs> no, Ubisoft, Ubisoft bought Blue Mammoth, who made Brawlhalla, 
And since then, they've just been like shoving random licensed characters into this game. Even though every character in this game is basically the same thing. Um, so now there's like there's over fired. 40 characters, I guess, in this game. Yeah. And it also includes Rayman, who's, you know, a Ubisoft character. Oh, yeah. And now that's they're right. just randomly throwing Hellboy characters in too to promote the new movie coming out. So you've got uh, Hellboy, the Blood Queen, uh, Gruagak? Some boar thing. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and Ben Daimyo, who is a jaguar. Um, so yeah, this is real random, and I don't really care. But I thought it was worth mentioning. It would be cool weird. if Brawlhalla actually had unique characters with unique powers right? and move sets and shit. But it's not that. It's not that deep. You have different weapons and stuff that the characters have, and some yeah, other like five weapon have, types that yeah. all the characters share. Some of them have different like animations or like visual effects, but they're all this, it's all mostly the same stuff, and it's it kind of sucks because yeah. it looks like a great game i mean i played some we've played some of it before and it's just i don't know it's just kind of shallow in that aspect you know i played the crap out of it when it was like 12 characters and i thought that they mattered yeah but then i quickly realized that it was a lot of that they don't really i liked it before they uh made it a free-to-play model and just rotated characters yeah Mm. and now Mm. they locked away all the characters that i liked yeah i just i can't do it anymore but it's just weird that they're still supporting brawlhalla like this I guess people are like, still playing it. I don't know. Shoot. I remember I had my uh my like Twitter anniversary or whatever um last week. That was like four years. Yeah. And nice. I remember like playing Brawlhalla with like you, Thomas, yep. and uh like Metal Blade and a few others. Yeah, Sushi Funk. Yep. Um like back when I first met everyone. Same, yep. Like yep. close to four years ago. Before it was actually <laughs> out. And like this studio I don't think has done anything else. I don't think they've they just have. been supporting. I think Brawlhalla. I think Brawlhalla has been a huge hit for them actually. Because like, hmm. no, a lot of people play it. I think there's like tournaments and stuff for it too. There's like a professional scene and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, to me. Like yeah. when I look at uh, like I don't look at lists all the time for active players for games, but whenever I do, I always see Brawlhalla in like the top five or hmm. ten. It's ridiculous. I think it's just because it's so it's so low. It's such a low spec friendly game. Like everybody yeah. can download it, and it's just yeah. it's close enough to Smash Bros. without actually being having the depth of Smash Bros. per yeah. se. It's just like, really accessible. Say, oh, yeah, it's good enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I personally like you know like now that um, now that uh, Justin told me about Rivals of Ether, like uh, I'd just yeah. rather play that game. You know, just because it's you know the character. Like, There's just like ten characters that are all tightly designed right with their own move sets and stuff like that i mean yeah it takes them mm-hmm. a while to add characters and things like that but you know they got to animate they got to actually animate the sprites and things and figure out they have to make them unique and balance them yeah so but yeah i don't know i mean if you're looking for a, like a closer smash bros experience play that game if you're looking for like something else play brawlhalla <laughs> yeah the one thing i will give brawlhalla credit for is pretty much anyone can pick up and play it yeah yeah like i said there's only like five different types of characters yeah so that's the amount of movesets you have to learn. Other, mm-hmm. other than that, it's like, you know, animation differences. Yeah, they're just But it's the same moves. So there is that. Yeah. Um, and I like Hellboy. Like, I'm excited for the new movie, even though the trailers haven't really sold it that well. Uh, so this is cool that they're getting this high-profile crossover. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. <laughs> um, speaking of weird announcements... Uh, there is a sequel to Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines coming out. Oh, I don't I actually remember. know where that title ends. I remember that was a um, thing. 
Yeah, Mas- Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 uh, was just announced at GDC 2019. Uh, there's no <laughs> gameplay footage shown, but there was a CG trailer and a title reveal saying that it is in development by uh, Hard Suit Labs, which oh. I've never heard of. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and it's set to launch in 2020. Hard Suit Labs. So that's about it on that. I don't even know. Like, I never played this series. I guess. <laughs> is it a series? I just heard things about it. Yeah, I've hmm. always heard about it. I bought it, never played it. It. <clears throat> It's just one of those things that's always been around, but I've never went and tried to play it. Artsuit Labs did Blacklight Retribution, which is like a free-to-play Call of Duty-esque sort of game. I don't think oh, it's yeah. A thing that was anymore. okay. I've heard of that. I remember one of their things was like the gun customization, but it was really microtransaction heavy. I remember that yeah. was one thing. But um, mm. other than it's that, really they were, they're also in they're also their logo flashes up for uh, Killing Floor 2. Which is a game that started as a mod, and I know I think if I'm not mistaken, Vampire the Masquerade started as a mod too. So maybe they have some sort of specialty in turning mods into actually standalone games. I don't know. This is weird huh. though. It's just like I remember like this this game being talked about like years ago, and then like nothing. So it's just yeah. kind of weird to have it pop up out of nowhere, you know. And people are like super excited about this reveal. Yeah, I mean there were some people that were really into it. I guess it had like a pretty uh, uh, a nice cult following or whatever it is. So. Yeah, that's cool. More vampire stuff for the vampire lovers out there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> vamp skin a vamp. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and the final little bit of like quick news here, um, <clears throat> before we jump into the stuff that I feel like all of us probably care about more. Mm-hmm. Uh, C- CD Pro Projek, I guess it's called. C- oh my god. Whatever. I'm gonna say it like an American. CD Project Red. Um, <laughs> Is going to be revealing another game soon, um, and their goal is to have two games out by 2021, including Ooh. Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> and they said that the other game they're revealing is also going to be another AAA game hmm. that will reportedly take place inside the world of The Witcher, but the fans shouldn't expect The Witcher 4. So hmm. whether it's like a Witcher spinoff or like a Gwent sequel, which I don't think would um. be a AAA title, um, I don't really know. But it sounds like it's a new title, not more like Witcher Three DLC or anything. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool hmm. to have like a spinoff. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll see. Maybe it'll just be like another like they were working on more DLC for Witcher Three and they decided to make it a fully fledged game instead. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, could be. It uses the Witcher Three engine, but as a you know full game or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, so I guess the uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which has already taken like ten years to create, <laughs> is going to be accompanied by another game in the next like two years. Ambitious. That's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, I don't really care. <laughs> My concern Cyberpunk is... looks cool, but <laughs> yeah. Eh. My concern is like just that, like since it's being taken, since it's taken so long in development, like there might be some things that are like that were just like the thing at the time, you know, like to put mm-hmm. in a game. And like I don't know. I, hopefully, the the co- overall quality of the game doesn't suffer as a result of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Everyone but, that's that's seen that game so far have only said good things about it. So yeah, so yeah. we'll have to see. Yeah. 
to me, it looks like the Deus Ex game that everyone's been waiting for. (laughs) Like, the last Deus Ex game didn't really scratch that itch for people. So maybe this will be what that should have been. I don't know. I'm going to wait for reviews, but I actually am curious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of things I'm curious about, uh, we got the actual trailer. I mentioned before that we didn't have any footage from it. We got the actual trailer for the uh, VR kit of Nintendo Labo. And it looks super cool. (laughs) Does it, though? It does, conditionally. (laughs) With an asterisk. (laughs) Um, Like, all of the things that they... most of the things that they showed off are like actually really impressive. Like the the different uh, games that come with the gun have a lot of depth, and like the way that you can like move different parts of the the kit um, to like zoom in or uh, slow down time to like aim better and things like that mm. are all really cool. Mm. Um, and like the elephant, the one that I thought was going to be dumb like, is used to make 3D art by, like, moving around the trunk to paint. And, like, it's also used in, like, some cool 3D puzzle games where you basically just have, like, a kind of a rotating arm that you can use to, like, grab parts of the environment Hmm. and, like, move them to where, you know, you want your, like, ball or whatever it is to go. Like, there's a lot of really interesting depth there that I didn't expect. I just assumed it was going to be, like, a weird little, like pouring water into a fountain from a elephant trunk or something. <laughs> um, the only ones that looked kind of dumb, like in collection, were the the uh, the wind pedal or whatever it was called and the uh, bird. Because <laughs> like those are kind of used together in a lot of ways. And like you pump the the wind thing to, like, make your bird fly higher. Interesting. And then you just, like, hit a button to make the bird wings flap to go forward. And it's it's kind of simple and mm. cheesy. Yeah. Um, and the camera looked very simple, but I like the prospect of that. Like, everyone's saying, oh, man, we need a, a Pokemon Snap sequel. And, yeah, we do. I'll agree with that. But also, it's just, like, going into basically any game and being able to take pictures is really cool if you can share them. Mm-hmm. Um. And then there's even just, like, the new Toy-Con garage. That, yeah, that's, like, the, like, the only see... thing that actually looks good in this uh, yeah. video. Like, the old garage had a lot of potential to it, but, like, was very limited in that you couldn't really create objects and things like that. Um, <clears throat> like, you couldn't texture things. You had very limited object stuff. And it was more about, like, combining, uh, like, acts together that already existed in the game. But this one looks more like a fully-fledged game creator. Mm-hmm. where you can, like, drop assets into a world and, like, make your own, you know, game that you can navigate in a VR space. And that's super impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, the shooty game and, like, just too. The amount of tools in this game is crazy. There's, like, 64 games included in this collection. Damn. That's a lot. <laughs> and considering not many people, it seems like, have really gotten VR right, like, mm. if this doesn't look terrible... Because it is a 720p screen, we'll see. It's probably going to be the most impressive, like, cheap VR tech out there. Yeah. Because um, really the only thing that you compare it to is mobile. And mobile VR sucks still. <laughs> Let's this, be honest. This, this, this just looks like they, they looked at 
the last few years of uh, VR games and then just like made their own version of what was already out there. Like all yeah, this stuff has already been done. With... But it's all included. Yeah, I'm just saying like there's nothing about this that seems revolutionary other than the the garage stuff, which does look pretty cool. But like yeah, everything But the else tech is pretty cool. Like the fact that it's not just like, you know, looking around and everything. Cuz if this <laughs> if this was mobile, you would be using like the Google cardboard or there's cheap, you know, like 5 to 10 dollar like plastic VR headsets and you'd just be looking around at things and maybe have one trigger button. But like so the elephant thing like, that is a fully-fledged, like, 3D paint Yeah, there's been paint game. games for Oculus, PlayStation VR, Vive. Right, but those are, like, three, $400 things. This is accessible-level VR that actually has, like, button prompts and things like that. I'm saying this is comparable to mobile uh, VR. I, I the 5 that. to $10 headsets that you just slot your phone into. This isn't comparable to the multi-hundred dollar sets. I don't think it's comparable to mobile either, because mobile's like you said, 25 bucks for a Google Cardboard, and it doesn't really do a whole lot. But this is more on that scale. (laughs) It's more of a middle ground, I'll give you that. Yeah, it is. But I'm just saying, like, this is for the kids, which is also what mobile VR is for. Mm. Like, the PlayStation VR, Oculus, things like that, they're not for the kids. They're for the adults that want, like... Skyrim and Doom and Resident Evil 7, like those kind of VR experiences. And also they'll d- dabble in the other stuff. And if they have kids, they'll let those kids play the, you know, the other things like Moss and stuff like that. Beat Saber, maybe. But the things that are catered toward kids are those mobile experiences. And this is going to revolutionize that idea where it's like, oh man, this is what VR can do, and it's going to blow their little minds. <laughs> I don't think it'll do anything but, to mobile VR. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> um, <coughs> I think it might. Because the other labos have actually done fairly well. Uh, I mean, enough to put out more. <laughs> yeah, so, for real. <laughs> the only issue I can see is that the screen resolution sucks. <laughs> and all the reports I've seen of like people doing hands-on demos have said it's not that bad. Like, whatever they do to this technology, like, the way the, you know, the actual, like, quality of the screen, like, regardless of the resolution, you can see the pixels, but it doesn't, like, have the screen tearing issues and things like that that a lot of mobile uh, VR has, even with better quality screens. Hmm. It's just, you know, large pixels in your VR experience, but it's not, like, sickening or anything. So whether they, like, smoothed it out or just have high refresh rates or what, like, they actually did do a good job of developing this, apparently, so that you don't really care about the fact that it's low resolution. And kids don't know anyway. But the final thing I wanted to say about this, um, I don't imagine anyone else cares as much as I do. And I'm not going to buy it. I just find it fascinating. Uh, I'm probably not going to buy it. I might. Let's be honest. Um... They they have a brief little shot of, like, I think it's maybe the camera mode or something um, on the on the VR. And then another kid with, like, some, like, goggle things with, like, motion uh, dots on it. Like, you know, the motion capture artists wear. Hmm. And then it goes into a game where there's, like a guy with big glasses and big eyebrows and you're like shooting at a target like that that thing is the target and you're like shooting balls at it hmm. 
And that's not like that, that. It's the only time they show that. Weird. But it's like, is there actually some kind of motion tracking technology in this VR kit? Oh yeah, <laughs> you're talking about the the dude with the mask with the balls on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like that's super impressive. If so, that might be no part of the or anything. That might be Switch. part of the garage stuff where um like you could probably use um motion tracking or something for some of the animation. Hmm. I think so. Yeah. But again, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. very cool. Yeah. There's a lot of really interesting stuff there. And like this is you this is the kind of like weird dumb little gimmicks that the Switch was built for. Like the IR sure. camera that everyone was like, "Why is this included?" Like they could have <laughs> saved money by dropping that. This is why it was included. All of these goofy little games like the piano in the old kits. The piano uses the crap out of that VR out of that IR thing. Hmm. The camera uses the crap out of that IR thing. It the the camera is pointed straight out where the IR is what's visible. And that is a camera, so I guess technically that could be motion tracking. That's true. Um the gun uses that too. So it's like this is the kind of stuff that those goofy all the goofy little features in the Joy-Con were specifically developed for this stuff. So I'm kind of curious how it's going to pan out. But we also don't have a price or anything on these things yet, I don't think. It's coming... Uh, let me check my email. But uh, it's coming out April 12th, one day before uh-huh. my birthday. <laughs> well, happy birthday. Get yourself a VR kit. No. <laughs> I already have a VR. I just want Res Infinite 2. That's all I want. Mm. <laughs> I remember that game. I want to experience my emotions and sound become light. I don't know. <laughs> Some weird shit that happens that I can't explain. Anyways, you can move right. on. Speaking of weird things that can't be explained, uh, there was a new Nindies showcase, which I kind of talked about earlier um, when I was talking about my games. And probably the biggest announcement that came out of this was that Cuphead, an Xbox exclusive, is coming to Nintendo Switch. Um... I don't know how this is possible, except that Xbox and and, and Switch are friends now. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Like, because they're like playing together on micro- Minecraft and stuff. Have you not seen <laughs> but, all the ads that they've had for the past six months? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but like, this is a this is a legit like console exclusive. <clears throat> like, that's crazy. It was on Steam. I guess you mean console exclusive. Yeah, was it on Steam? Yeah, it was on Steam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. I thought it was just on the Windows Store. Because I know people played it on PC, but... Yeah. Okay, well, that's not that weird. But still, <laughs> it's pretty weird. Like, they're bringing Xbox Live support to the Switch with this game. Crazy. That's... Yeah, they yeah. said they were going to do that, and now they're doing it. <laughs> I know, but it's like... We, we kind of speculated that, like, oh, what are they going to bring over? Is it going to be, like, you know, Rare Replay? And, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't know. Cuphead is not what I would have expected. Was, it's great. Wasn't that in one of the news stories you talked about a couple weeks ago or a week ago? Or that was like... I don't know what I talk about. <laughs> All right. I do have Canadian uh, pricing on the Nintendo Labo VR if you are interested. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, for Nintendo Labo VR kit, $100. That's Canadian. Uh, start... So, like, 70 80 bucks for American, probably? I guess. Uh, starter, That's what I would expect. Starter set plus blaster is 50. Expansion set 1 is 25, and expansion set 2 is 25. So there you go. Canadian pricing. So they kind of rob you with the expansion kits. Mm. 
Because you could buy everything together for less than all of that total. That's be- why they want you to buy that one thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so, yeah, anyway, continuing with the uh, Nindies, since I guess Cuphead wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was, um, the internet made it seem like it was a big deal. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I looked at Twitter, I was like, oh my god, guys, like, really? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so, you like uh, bananas? Yeah, they're all right. Are, yeah. yeah, bananas are pretty cool, right? Yeah. Uh, so we also got like a full <laughs> gameplay trailer for uh, my friend Pedro, which I thought was about bananas, but <laughs> it sure looks like a cool like shadow complex like shoot 'em up type, um, like gunplay <laughs> side scroller game. That's mm-hmm. bananas. That is noticeably lacking in bananas, except for the fact that yes, it is bananas. Like the game itself looks pretty bananas. <laughs> But there were no bananas in that trailer, and that's kind of disappointing. Um, aside from that, I'm just going to kind of scroll through this video, because there's some stuff I didn't care about. Uh, if you guys, you know, want to shout anything out, let me know. But um, the next thing that looked really cool to me was uh, the Red Lantern, which may or may not be uh, yes. like a survival type... Like, you know, one of those, like the forest and things like that. Mm-hmm. Is this but on uh, PC? Has... Oh, I don't know. Oh. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Because yeah. I think I might have seen this before. Yeah, it looks the pretty good. Red Lantern. No, it's not on Steam. Hmm. Okay. Sorry. I just. Hmm. This game does look really cool, though. Yeah, it has a really cool visual style. Mm hmm. And I like if it's just uh, uh survival. I don't want to say survival horror, but if it's just like one of those survival games, I probably won't like play it. But it seems really cool. Mm-hmm. So you know, I want to shout it out. It seems like um, um, a game where they expect you to play it multiple times because one of their things I remember they said was like, "Oh, every time you play, it's going to be different because it will be like random events, like a bear attacks you, or like there's an avalanche, or something like that." So it'll be. It's yeah. It just, I mean, visually, the game looks really interesting, and it sounds like they're trying to, you know, kind of pump some replay value into it in that sense, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, next, I'm going to kind of skip around through this Indies Direct, because, <laughs> like, there was a lot of cool stuff, but if we talked about everything, it would be, you know, 25 minutes on just this topic. <laughs> um, the next one I wanted to talk about was Katana Zero, which just kind of <sighs> looks like a cool, like, ninja side-scroller game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for those. Mm-hmm. Um, they're hard, but I really like the visual style of this. It's got a cool, like, neon, like, futuristic look. Yeah. But it's also, like, a girl with a katana zipping around fighting everything. And even, like, the logo. It's, like, katana and then, like, zero has, like, all different colors. And, you know, <laughs> I'm a sucker for that word anyway. It's, like, my favorite. But, nice. yeah, it looks super cool. And I don't, I can't tell if it's like a Metroidvania type because it doesn't seem like she gets stronger. It looks more just like you know level based. But, I think one of the things with this game is like it's one hit and you die, but it's also like yeah. everybody else is one hit and they die. So it's kind of like one of those like skill things. Which yeah, I'm not sure if there's mm-hmm. going to be any like progression per se. <laughs> yeah, it seems more like a like a side scroller take on like No More Heroes. Yeah, yeah. 
kind of a similar meta narrative and like the, that, you know, hyper color, mm-hmm. uh, colorful, like weird aesthetic. Yeah. I'm digging it. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we have Red, which is a new oh, game yeah. from uh, Double Fine Studios, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, Tim Schafer's studio, the guy that made Psychonauts and uh, Full Throttle, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this was like what I... I watched this without audio on a on my lunch break at work, <laughs> so I kind of like I jumped around a little bit. And this was the first thing like I came into the presentation watching. And I'm like, "What is this game?" And then like I showed the title. I'm like, "Yeah, this game looks red." <laughs> um, but it's kind of got like a cool like uh, I, I'd say it looks like Torchlight. Um, mm-hmm. But you can like evolve different parts of your body, and it like it changes your attacks and things like that. So it's like it shows you with like a like a snake head, like headbutting everything, and then it shows you like, uh, with like bionic legs, like jumping around everywhere and like running really fast, and then it shows like pooping an egg or something, and like growing wings and flying around all over the place. And I have no idea what this game is, but <laughs> it I mean, kind of it, reminds yeah, me it, of it Death rad. Bank a little bit. I don't what know if that? you've ever played that. It's kind of like this, I guess. Like it's a action adventure kind of isometric thing. I've never heard of it. <laughs> okay, like is, you can move on. I'm just saying, it looks like Death Bank, and <laughs> it's a game that came out. Someone's gonna feel like very spoken to with what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Rad looks cool. And it's coming out this summer. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm still not sure what it is. Like, if it's just a hack and slash or if it's, like, a progression-based kind of, like, Zelda top-down game or mm-hmm. what. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, I am at least interested to see more. And then this one didn't really appeal to me too much, but I wanted to shout it out. It's, like, it's kind of like a beat up like, sports kind of Pong game um, called... Creature in the Well. Uh, so it looks like you basically, like, you're on a single screen, and you're, like, you have a beam sword that you're kind of hitting other different uh, balls and things with um, to try to, uh, like, hit enemies and, like, stop laser beams and things like that. It's it's a little strange. Mm. But I feel like it's really going to appeal to some people. Um, it gives me kind of, like, fire by or what is that? No, is it? Pyre. Pyre, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It gives Hmm. me Pyre vibes. And that game did super well. So, you know, if it evokes that style, I'm sure it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like some of the art style with, like, the depth that they were uh, using. Like, this thing in the pit, the creature, and his arms come out. It's good use of depth there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's got a great art style. It's just not a gameplay loop that I personally would be interested in. Um, the next one I wanted to talk about was actually announced at a past direct, but we finally got like some, uh, footage from it and it's Pine, um, which again, mm-hmm. kind of looked like a survival game, like more than I expected, Yeah, but it's got some really interesting, uh, like combat elements in it and things like that. It kind of looks like a low poly, uh, Zelda game yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, or like a third person Skyrim kind of thing. Cause like it shows you like exploring a big open map and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
This is another one that I wouldn't be surprised if it's also on Steam already, and I'm just now hearing about it. I'm not but, sure. But yeah, it's got some interesting adventure mechanics and things. Um, I could also see it being awful, and they're just you know showing <laughs> it off now. Yeah, yeah. Because it has that style, like that kind of like not quite polished style. But mm. I personally like that. I think it's an interesting graphical look. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad we finally got some footage from it, and we'll see how it goes, but I'm not, like, super sold on it. I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the final product will look like, because it sounds like a lot of the stuff they're trying to do sounds pretty ambitious, like different tribes and things, different creatures, and they all interact with each other in different ways and stuff. So mm-hmm. it is on Steam, but it just says available 2019, so... Okay, so it's so probably going to be a simultaneous release. Yeah, it's been greenlit on Steam, so there's that. Steam greenlight's still around? Well, that's one of the things that popped up. It probably just, Anyone that was already in the greenlight program got to stay. Yeah. <laughs> they just weren't accepting anyone new. Yeah. I was just making a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, another fairly big announcement that came out of the Direct, which, again, I don't really <clears throat> personally care about, but is worth mentioning, uh, was the weirdly titled... Blaster Master Zero Two. Oh yeah. Um, I don't really understand this series because it's like it's a side scroller, but then there's top down elements that don't look that fun to play. <laughs> it's an old game that people have fond memories of. It's a yeah. side scroller yeah, where you're game. in a car, you go around, you shoot stuff, and then you hop out of the car and you do stuff. Like it's not, it doesn't hold up at all. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That that sounds right, but I'm just saying, like, this is a new entry. Like, it's totally new. Yeah. They had... But, I think Zero was actually, like, a remake of the first one. I'm not entirely was. sure. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's from yeah. Indie Creates, so I'm sure it'll be kind of hit or miss, just like all their other games. <laughs> um, we also got the announcement of Stranger Things 3, the game. Still looks bad. Switch, which, yeah, doesn't look any better than the last time they showed it off, at whatever else that was. Oof. But sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a brief announcement that Firewatch and Yoku's Island Express are coming, hmm. um, along with like a bunch of other indies that have already been released. Like, uh, where'd that list go? It doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I still like Blossom Tales and a few other things on there. The point is, they're like crushing the indie game right now, and they just wanted to, you know, talk talk about that for a bit um but the final announcement is the one that i was most hyped about because it's kind of a big deal and i won't talk on it too much because i want you know people to watch my video when it comes out in a few days um where i go over basically the same topic but they showed off a trailer that looked like a sequel to crypt of the necrodancer complete with like voiceover from that main character Talking about, like, oh, I finally got out of the crypt that I was stuck in. But what is this world? It doesn't look like where I've been before. And, like, you can hear the music kind of start to swell around then. And it's like, wait, no, this is is remix of Zelda music. They can't use this. Why are they using (laughs) Zelda music? And then it, like, she gets into the castle and it's like Zelda enemies. And then it just straight up, like, announces that Link and Zelda are playable in this game. And then it shows some footage of them and basically like you know using like spears and bows and uh 
like fire like fire spells and things like that like you know zelda things but like with that rhythmic like bouncy mechanic and then a title reveal of cadence of hyrule crypt of the necro dancer featuring the legend of zelda so it's a straight up new zelda game cool. using the crypt of the necro dancer gameplay mechanic and like a whole new visual style that kind of blends the you know necro dancer style with like 2D Zelda art. It's a beautiful game. Like, I love this art style. Mm. Um, it honestly looks way better than uh, Link's Awakening does. <laughs> um, but, yeah. This was a huge announcement because it's a straight-up Zelda game during an Indies presentation. It's an indie Zelda game. <laughs> That's weird. Crazy. <coughs> Crazy. But, yeah. Like, I was reading an interview afterwards that uh, this came from the developers going to Nintendo about including, like, you know, they like I, I said at the beginning, they have a bunch of other characters, like the Bard, mm-hmm. that you can just, like, switch out, you know, as playable, and they each have, like, their own special abilities and things like that. The DLC brought in a few new ones, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they ported Crypt of the Necrodancer to Switch, and I guess they had talked to Nintendo about uh, including Zelda characters as DLC. Uh, with like their own abilities and things like that, and Nintendo was just like, "No, make make a new game, use our characters for that." <laughs> so they did that, and here it is. Cool stuff. Like that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they ended off their Nindies showcase with a new Zelda game. That's the world we live in. <laughs> Created by like basically a one-time game developer, um, that's only known for this one game so cool that's awesome (laughs) um and it looks great like i mean if you're gonna have a musical like rhythm based game you can't really do much better than zelda music true true that yeah and the remixes in this trailer were great too um so that's the that's the little Nindy showcase we got. There's a lot of great stuff in there. A lot of things we'd never seen before. Um, and a lot of exclusives, which is super cool. Um, and I think that was actually still probably at least 25 minutes, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, always the ones to do what Nintendo does. Um, Sony has announced that they are starting their own series of little... Um, game announcement videos called State of Play. Uh, they are live broadcasts online that will reveal new updates and announcements for PS4 and PSVR games. The first episode will be shown March 25th. So, mm. Monday? Yes. Monday. Yeah. Um, at 2pm Pacific Time. Uh... So, 4 p.m. for me. Cool. I'll be off work. Nice. Um, so, yeah. This is... I mean, no one's denying that this is just Nintendo Directs that Sony's doing. Yeah. Like, it's not a new idea. It's not like they're stealing the idea or anything. Mm-hmm. But it's straight up Nintendo Directs from Sony. Let's not beat around it. But, you know, that's neat. More people should transition into this. That's one area where Nintendo was actually ahead for, you know, years. Yeah. Like, yeah. cater directly to the fans mm-hmm. and on their platform. Yep. Yeah. 
I remember like Xbox used to have a thing like that, and then I just oh, don't yeah. think they did it right, you know? No, like, yeah. No. yeah. They were doing it, it, and then they just didn't do it right, and then Nintendo like actually got it right. Mm-hmm. What was it, Larry Herb? Because they were fun. They did something yeah. with Larry Herb or whatever. Yeah. I was like, eh, I don't care about I, this. I watched it every now and then, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool, but. Yeah. I don't think it was ever on YouTube. I think it was only on their console. Yeah, so. I think it was just on the Xbox uh, yeah. dashboard or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. You have to actually put it on the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I guess that was a pretty quick one. I didn't know if we'd end up talking about it at all. Um, and a pair of Mortal Kombat 11 announcements. Um, Ben's not here to gush over these with me. But <laughs> we got f- technically four character announcements over the last week. Uh, between GDC and then uh, they had a um uh c2e2 panel that actually ben was at he was he was live streaming some announcements from that which was neat uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah we got kotal khan and jackie briggs uh was the first one out of gdc <laughs> and it's funny because we only got one trailer for both of them uh it was the kotal khan reveal trailer but jackie just like wrecked shop in his reveal trailer. <laughs> like, he didn't even get his own fatality. She did the fatality in his trailer and just ripped him apart. Oh, that's funny. But also, he's kind of a garbage character, so it, it makes sense. But yeah, she's been totally rebuilt. Like, I think I read somewhere that like 80% of her moveset was redone. Ooh. And she is great. Mm-hmm. She's like basically kind of a mix between like Jack, or sorry, Jack's. Um, with, like, the, the arms and kind of the heavy hitting and, like, pounding the ground and stuff. And then, like, Cyrax, or not Cyrax, one of the robots with, like, being able to shoot out bombs and things like that. And, like, she, but hers create, uh, like, barrier walls. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, kind of areas on the floor that, like, are, like, uh, like, consistent damage. And I don't know. She looks really cool. Like, and she has some great costumes. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter about like, you know, like Jackie didn't come to play (laughs) Um, with how great her costume changes and stuff are. Uh, Kotal seems kind of changed too. Like he can turn into a cat now, I guess, which sure. Um, Cool. But I just, I didn't really like him in MKX. Like a lot of his moves were based around like creating, uh, uh, totems mm, mm-hmm. and so like most of his special moves were passive and i mm. i didn't really care about that he would like you know take time to, like raise his arm and bring down a ray of light or create a passive totem that would like amplify his like fire ability or something like that and it just it didn't feel like a good character build but he's a little better she's way better <laughs> And then we also got a reveal trailer for uh, Noob Saibot. Saibot? Saibot. Saibot. Saibot, yeah. sure. Noob Saibot at uh, C2E2 today. Um, and he also looks great. Yeah, he looks crazy. Uh, <laughs> I think MKX, they introduced his, like, his shadow, basically. They kind of had it before, but it was never, like, a big deal. But, like, they actually had, like, moves where you could kind of, you know, make him, like, run out and tackle the opponent or like do an air grab like while you're still on the ground and things like that um so basically like you have kind of a two 
two character fighting style with him. And they expanded that idea and then also gave him like a death scythe because he is basically Mortal Kombat's death character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have some really cool like uh, scythe combos. It just looks great. Like he looks more kind of like, you know, dark ninja than ever before. Mm-hmm. He was always just like a shadow, but now he's actually like got robes and I don't know, some depth to him. Um, what a surprise. The character named after Ed Boon is really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then he had his fatality, which was just perfect. Like, he basically, like, rips a hole in the enemy, and then his shadow, like, bursts through the hole. Like, hey, I'm here. Um... And then I say there was technically four characters revealed because they also showed off uh, Shang Tsung uh, as kind of the the leader of the crypt. Like he stays in the crypt and um, watches over that. So it is confirmation that the crypt is back, but they didn't really show anything about what it is. If it's like actually an adventure mode type thing like it was in MKX or if it's just like an unlockable thing or even if it's just, you know, loot crates. We don't really know yet, but they did show the crypt and that Shang Tsung's watching over it. Um, but they also announced that he would be the first DLC character. So he is actually playable in the game. And even better, he's voiced by Kerry Tagawa. I'm just going to go with that. I don't know the, the hyphen name. Um, who played Shang Tsung in the uh, first movie. As well as he reprised the role in the uh, YouTube miniseries. Um, so basically he's been Shang Tsung like, in media for 25 years. And now nice. he finally gets to like be the motion capture and voice and everything in the game. And it's just perfect. That's awesome. Like he is that character. Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. Yeah, that makes me happy. Uh, but there's no gameplay trailer or anything for him. Just a face reveal. Which is still enough when you have that actor. It was weird though, because like in uh, what is what was the show? Uh, the new Lost in Space. He's in that, and like he's just like a oh. dad. <laughs> like he doesn't have any facial hair or anything. He's got glasses, and he's just like hanging out like on Mars with them or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like. That's Shang Tsung. He's a shapeshifter. Don't trust him. <laughs> but he's just a dad. He's just a nice little dad. Um, and even in this, like he's got like a sweet old like, grandpa face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's an evil like blood drinker. You, just, you never know, people. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess this probably should have been included with the the quick news, but who knows? We might have stuff to say about it. Um, the Outer Worlds, a game that I think we're all excited for, mm-hmm. has been announced as an Epic's game exclusive at launch. So it will be on Xbox, PS4, and the Windows Store um, alongside this, but it will not be on Steam. Mm-hmm. It will be on Epic Games instead. And it will be released on Steam, or it says on other digital platforms. 12 months later. 12 months later. Yeah. <laughs> Other digital platforms. <laughs> it's Steam. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and the comments is just people upset about that. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> but. I scrolled down a little bit, but I was like, nah, I don't need to see anymore. 
The only thing, like, it's dumb. I mean, why get that upset? It's still everywhere right. else. Right. But right. the only thing that makes it justified is the original reveal trailer for it had PS4, Xbox One, and Steam specifically listed with the logo. Hmm. So it's a bit of a dick move. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know. This is this is the world we live in. The outer world we live in, if you will. <laughs> they should just add um, eventually. Can we escape to the outer worlds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, apparently there, Steam only exists 12 months later, so. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't really care. I'd probably get it on PS4 anyway, hmm. so it's not a big deal. But I'm just saying I understand the outrage. Yeah. It's just Reasonable. also overblown. Yeah. No, yeah. Definitely. But hey, it'll be a cool game, so who cares? Yeah. Um, And we've got a pair of <clears throat> Sega announcements, um, which I guess I probably should have put with Sonic, but I'm bad at this. Thomas <laughs> just made me do it. Um... There's reports that the next intro in the Yakuza series is officially in development. Uh, whether that's Yakuza 5? I think it's just going to be a spinoff. Or not. I, I was questioning if 5 is the six is one. 6 was the last one. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Came out last Yakuza year. 7, or if it's something else, <laughs> is yet to be determined. But yeah, Yaku- more Yakuza is coming. And they are currently casting the female protagonist. So if you are a budding voice actress and probably Asian, um, <laughs> I assume that's what they want. Yeah, I don't think they do. Then check out open auditions, or uh, which is the first time they've ever done this for a main character. And so, you can hey. speak Japanese. Yeah. Is that, I mean, it could be the English. There is no English. They've only done, I think they only translated one of the games and it wasn't great it was like one of the early oh, early really? games yeah i they haven't done it since the japanese voice oh. acting is pretty good anyways it is pretty good yeah, i can't do it <laughs> I'm it, is a lot of, it is See, a lot otaku's of like me and lo we appreciate <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, to be fair there is a lot of reading shut up <laughs> um yeah, is this like they said the main protagonist is a guy's name I'm not going to butcher, but is he like known in Yakuza? Like, is that a character? He's was introduced with that weird mobile game with the cards. I think that's when they first introduced Probably, him as a Yakuza yeah. character. I don't, I think I don't remember is, him from any of the other ones. This is supposed to be like his debut as like the main sort the of new one. protagonist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I guess Yakuza Six was supposed to be like the end of Kiryu's kind of. Story from what I've heard, I don't know if he becomes a dad. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, Kratos, that didn't stop him. As long as there's like ridiculous dialogue and crazy over the top beat 'em up action, how bad could it possibly be? You know, he looks like a tool. So <laughs> he kind of does. That's the Yakuza protagonist. And he, he, I feel like Kiryu is a tough act to follow because he's he's I don't know from the Yakuza games. He's Kiryu was like character. the straight man in a funny weird world. <laughs> that's what I loved about him though. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he'll be some blend of like Kiryu and Majima or something. I don't know. We'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. We'll have to make him interesting, though. That's for sure. <clears throat> the question right. is, can they do I it? I just assumed since like the character was decided and like they showed him off and everything that everyone knew who he was. But oh, it's a new I guess that's not the case. All right. 
Um, and on the note of kind of the Yakuza universe, um, <laughs> Judgment, which we reported on last week, uh, will not be delayed as far as the uh, Western release date is concerned. Um, they have decided to recast the voice and face of the character that was removed. Um, but it apparently will not affect the release date. They're cool. just going to move through it pretty quickly. <laughs> um, so that's surprising. For Western audiences, anyways. It probably doesn't right. matter for Western stuff, but in Japan, it's probably a huge yeah. deal. Yeah. But still, it's due out in June 25th. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty quick turnaround to get the game gold. You know, you I know, assume it's not even done yet. No, I think it was almost done. They were about to release it, and then th- that shit Oh, happened. yeah. It was released in Japan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I so think... it's just localization. That's not yeah. They stopped it's... selling it for a while is what they did. Yeah. That was the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Was that a main character, or? The dude with the leather jacket? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I like how they, even in this article, like, they have to include that the original voice actor was arrested for using a small amount of cocaine. Like, how small yeah. was it? Like, <laughs> but they also. I mean, it wasn't were, like pouring out of his nose or anything. It was just, you know. <laughs> but I guess he, but at the same time, he's also, it's, I guess it was, you know, not that small because he's facing up to seven years in prison, which is crazy. They are very strict. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, speaking of companies that probably do small amounts of cocaine, <laughs> uh, um, sure. Only, Konami only small. In celebration of its fiftieth anniversary, will be releasing three anniversary collections <clears throat> that highlight Castlevania, Contra, and its arcade classics. <laughs> so they. You know, they're known for making quality titles 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then now they're known for them. making okay pachinko machines. Mm-hmm. But, and bad ports. Um, because the Symphony of the Night port was not good. Uh, I act, I really did want to play through that game again, but I just, I can't do it. Mm. And so now they're going to be releasing full collections of their series that are probably also going to be awful ports. Um, and they are going to, uh, digitally, to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, they will also include a bonus ebook that is packed with new information about the titles, including interviews with the development staff, behind-the-scenes insights, and sketches and design documents never before really revealed to the public. The first collection available will be the Arcade Classics Anniversary Collection on April 18th, and it will cost $19.99. It will include eight games from the 80s. Uh, So I probably don't know what any of these are. Uh, How could you not know what Gradius is? Well, okay, I know what Gradius is. I didn't realize the things in parentheses were the, like, what, American titles? Yeah, English, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Haunted Castle, Typhoon, also known as Ajax, Nemesis, also known as Gradius. Vulcan Venture, also known as Gradius 2. Were those not the same game? Like, were those not in the same series in Japan? That's weird. I don't know. Uh, Life Force, also known as Salamander. Thundercross, Scramble, and Twinbee. Oh, I do know that one. I never played it, but I do know it. 
So they've revealed all the titles that are going to be in that one because it's coming out first. Um, next will be the uh, first Konami Castlevania collection. First is in quotes. <laughs> so I assume they're going to be releasing more Castlevania collections after that. Hmm. Um, it will be available in early summer and is designed to be a completed collection around the origins of the historic franchise. So basically from the beginning through one, whatever. One through three? Uh, well, they haven't announced all of them yet. So it will also feature eight games, but they've only announced four so far. Castlevania, Castlevania 2 uh, for the Game Boy, which is weird because it was also a Castlevania 2 on NES, I think. I think this might be the Game Boy version. Hmm. Why? I don't know, man. Weird I, choice. I don't know, man. Weird choice. <laughs> I gotta, hold on. I gotta Google this real quick. <laughs> just just pause the podcast. We'll, we'll uh, figure it out. Castlevania uh, 3, Castlevania Dracula's Curse. Two, yeah, there? Simon's Quest. That's what I thought. Uh, I've played that one. That's the one I played on NES. Okay, then what the fuck was the GBA version? Why? Maybe this is only four of the eight, so let me finish. All right, Castlevania on NES. I guess I have to specify now. (laughs) Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge on the Game Boy. Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse on the NES. And Super Castlevania 4 on the SNES. Those are the only four that have been announced. Maybe Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge was like the canonical version Mm -hmm. or something? Maybe. See, the problem is the Castlevania story is all over the place. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's ridiculous. So if they're trying to do uh, the origins of the historic franchise, but the story is all over the place, because technically these aren't even the first four, like, in the origin of Castlevania, like, as, you know, a timeline. Mm-hmm. So that makes it even more confusing. <laughs> yeah, there will be four more. We can probably expect that they're also going to be, like, the early games in the series, like maybe Castlevania 2 on NES, which is apparently a f- different friggin' game. Um, and I don't know what else because I don't pay attention to the Castlevania series that much. But there will be eight games total. They'll probably all be early ones in the series, and then they'll do another eight of the later games. Which, if they include like Aria of Sorrow and things like that, yeah, I might check that one out. I don't really care about the early Castlevania games because they're not Metroidvanias. Anyway, the Contra Anniversary Collection will also arrive in early summer, and will. Also feature eight games, which they've only announced four. There's Contra for the arcade, Super Contra for the arcade, Super C? Yep. Is that not Super Contra? It's a different game. (laughs) (laughs) Konami. Konami. That's Konami for you. (laughs) Alright, Super C for the NES, and Contra 3, the Alien Wars on SNES. So, no Contra 2, huh? I don't think there is a Contra 2. I think Super Contra is Contra 2, isn't it? Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) Who knows at this point even? Contra 2. Super C is Contra 2. They're a Japanese company back then. They didn't have a lot of English, like, uh, experience. <laughs> <laughs> Rename it when you put it on an anniversary collection. Make it less confusing to new players, which is the point of putting out these collections. Oh boy. 
But then yes, old players won't know C. what they're playing. They're like, is this Super C? Why is it talking? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you change Super C? Why did you mess it Put up? Put it in parentheses. <laughs> Uh, this, this is, is stupid this news story is stupid uh, this celebration <laughs> by Konami appears to be only the start of the re-release of some of its classics on modern consoles and will hopefully lead to other collections including ones that celebrate the beloved Metal Gear franchise oh yeah they made Metal Gear no wonder they make no sense mm-hmm. no, but that guy oh, left God. and now he's at Sony yeah well alright <laughs> <laughs> but Metal Gear and Metal Gear Solid aren't the same thing anyway, so that's even no, more No, it's not. <laughs> nope. Friggin' Konami, man. Metal Gear. I love Castlevania, like, modern Castlevania <clears throat> games. That's about as far as my enjoyment of Konami goes. That's it. <laughs> that's all I got. Remember that old boot-up sound for the uh, SNES for Konami? No. Oh my god, it's so crisp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, think yeah. I played any Konami games on their, their logo thing. The I think I yeah. know what you're talking about. That was yeah. so so cool. Yeah, because that was just like Super Contra <laughs> and like Super Castlevania Four, right? Like that's pretty much all they had on Super Nintendo. I don't even remember what games I had. I Turtles in Time, I think, was Konami. Oh, that's probably actually where I heard it. Then really, <laughs> I think Turtles in Time. I'm pretty sure it was Konami. Huh. All right. Weird, I know, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's finish up this friggin' news section because it's been a lot. Um, yeah, those right. So the final set of stories are about the future of streaming games. Ooh. Um, along with all of the mess of news we got this week with GDC and everything, um, Google had their own little gaming conference <coughs> uh, during GDC. I guess technically. Uh, where they announced their their efforts in gaming, um, which even though Google and gaming both start with a G, they called their new system Stadia. Stadia, Markadia. Cool. So they couldn't just you know reuse the G they already have on all their stuff. <laughs> How about the gate? <laughs> no, Gamedia. I don't know. No. I mean, there's no way to make it work. I'm just saying they already have a G in their logo, and they went with Stadia. <laughs> right. Yeah. But all cynicism, cynicism aside, oof, uh, this is not totally a bad thing. I mentioned before, I am fully in the Google uh, landscape. Ecosystem. Uh, ecosystem. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm whiskey and cider down. Um <laughs> But even I could kind of see through some of the cracks of this. Mm. They're basically saying that, like, you don't have to worry about anything. All of your gaming exists on our data centers. We handle everything. You just get the smooth gaming experience. Mm. As if, Mm. like, they're providing a service to you. But everyone now... I said all cynicism aside, and then I kind of just... (laughs) They just went right back to it. (laughs) But they are selling you a service. That's all they're selling you. I'll get to the good stuff, which was not much of because they didn't show much. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like over an hour presentation, and they barely showed any gameplay footage. Mm-hmm. This was a a presentation from a company that has not done gaming before, <laughs> clearly, because it was all about like the service they're providing and the the uh, software and hardware that's backing it up. 
and not about the actual gaming experience itself. Yeah. So anyway, um, basically what they've what they're doing is they've invested in a bunch of data centers around the world that have like crazy good specs, and you are. Well, we actually don't really know how it works because they didn't, like, detail the subscription service or, like, how much each game costs or, you know, whatever the actual system behind it is. But I assume it's a subscription service. So Mm -hmm. anywhere you see a game listed, whether it's, like, you know, a YouTube video of your favorite streamer, like, let's playing a game or a, a Google link. Like, if you just type in, like, a game that you're trying to find, um... Or, you know, social media, someone talking about a game and, like, getting a sponsored ad sent at you. Um, You can click a Play Now button, and within five seconds, apparently, it will take you to that game. Uh, They showed this off with, like, Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. I think that's the one. Yeah. Um, Where, you know, they're just scrolling through, like, oh, this is a new Assassin's Creed game. I wonder what it's like. You click Play Now, you're in the game. Um. You can use any of your existing controllers, anything like that. There's no hardware because they do everything through the cloud. Um, as long as you have the internet speed that can handle the 1080p, 60 frames a second uh, streams that they're shooting for, mm-hmm. they want to, you know, they can do like 4K, 8K, whatever. But the average person is going to be the do the, the 1080p. Um, you can just jump right into a game and play it. Like, I was talking about my new internet setup with 100 meg internet. I could probably use this no problem. I don't know if I would. Unless I was at work, where I'd be going off of data, and then I wouldn't have those speeds. (laughs) At home, I would just use Steam, or my consoles, or whatever else. Like, there's not that market for me here. But the point is, I could. Like, Thomas, I had talked about, you know, wanting to play Division 2. Like, just out of curiosity. If I had this service, I could just jump into the Division 2 with you through a link no downloads no updates nothing just jump right into the game that's stored on their servers and play with you yeah it's dope the concept of that is really cool i gotta admit like i was drinking the kool-aid at first (laughs) they had an on-screen or an on-stage demo basically going from like uh like a dedicated like you know gaming rig with of course the controller they announced because you have to have a controller some kind of hardware at least to sell in stores yeah, they say um, uh, they say that it works with um, all existing devices already. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but there's I'll, I'll get back to my my on stage thing. Uh, they said that their controller gives you the best experience because it's actually connected through Wi-Fi. Um, oh and shit! So it can Wi-Fi. Well, there's a reason. Um, <laughs> it can actually figure out like what device you're connected to at any given time. So, like, with another controller, you might have to, you know, plug it in or pair the Bluetooth or whatever. This one, you, like, you wake up your uh, computer, the controller's connected to it. Like, you're in the game, the controller knows you're in the game. Mm-hmm. You switch over to a laptop, the controller knows you switch to the laptop, it immediately connects and is in the game again. Mm-hmm. You switch to your phone, it immediately connects, knows you're in the game. Fancy. So those kind of things are a benefit. It also has a Google Assistant button which you can use to, like, look up uh, tips and tricks and stuff. Like, you can ask it, hey, how do I beat this section of this game? That part, I don't know how well it'll work. It'll right. be dependent on it'll if probably that just information pull up is actually a YouTube available. video, like they said. Right. Yeah. But 
it'll be dependent on if that information is available yeah. and how good the actual search algorithm is. Right, right. It's, um, it probably works just as Joe well Blow as shouty. Google, like, how to beat level two or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. But half the time you get Let's Plays and Joe Blow shouty. No, that's what they're <laughs> aiming for is Let's Plays. So they're right on par with, with that. But that's not... <laughs> that's not the, the thing. The thing is, like, if I... There should be, like, example, an in-game using... guide that, like, just shows you, like, here, go here. Right. Like, yeah. No commentary, just... Here's how to beat this part. Yeah. I think what his concern is is just like the actual like results because I know to, I know for a fact like when I use Google Assistant sometimes like I'll ask Google a certain way and it'll pull up like an article and it'll read like a first chunk of it. Sometimes it'll pull up a video. Sometimes it'll pull up directions even though I didn't ask for directions anyway. So it's <laughs> like yeah. I guess it just I guess it just depends on how I don't know. I guess also the thing is the voice searches and all that crap. You have to like talk to it a certain way or whatever just so it mm-hmm. deciphers what you're saying. So I don't know. This is also. Google, I have a Google so. Pixel Three. I never use the Google Assistant. Never. Oh. <laughs> no, I forget it exists. I use that all the time. I can literally squeeze my phone and it pulls up, and I forget it exists. <laughs> um, but anyway, the the cool thing that like got me, you know, drinking the Kool Aid was they had an onstage demo where they jumped from like a high end gaming rig um, using their controller, going from device to device over to uh, a tablet, I think, and then to, like, a TV with a Chromecast connected, and then to uh, what they said was the lowest spec laptop they could find, or lowest spec PC they could find, Um, (laughs) and then to a phone. And each of these devices, the game just picked up right where they left off. Like, you know, they ran a little bit in Assassin's Creed Odyssey again. That's pretty much the only game they showed. Mm -hmm. Um... (laughs) Only full game, at least. <laughs> They'd run a little bit, like, you know, climb a, a wall or whatever, and then jump to the next device. And it would be like, boom, here's where you were at the top of this wall. Um, and that was super cool. Like, the concept of that is super cool. Mm-hmm. But also, like, how does that work if you're just playing on a phone without the controller? Is it going to mm. be a good experience? Probably not. That's a good point. And, like, if I'm playing on mobile, I don't have a controller in my pocket or anything. Right. So, like... If I'm away from home and don't have my games with me, it's on mobile without a controller. So, like, there's a market for this, for sure. Like, kids that, you know, don't have the the nice stuff that we might have or the consoles or whatever, there's a market. But then they're still going to be paying mm-hmm. for subscription service that's probably at least on par with the Xbox Game Pass, like $10 a month. <laughs> probably more because it's google i'd right. say 15 or 20 just for the streaming experience they provide um and if it's catering towards kids and like the on the move lifestyle people how much value are they going to get out of that and if they're focusing on you have to have these data speeds are they really catering to people that don't have wi-fi like that are out on data because you're not going to get that. You're not going to get the consistency, at least. Mm-hmm. So then you're at home, on good Wi-Fi, play, streaming a game on your PC that could own that game. Yeah, that's a different conversation is game ownership versus yeah. rental. Yeah. 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 So it's just a weird thing. Like, if this is the future <laughs> of gaming, fine. It's neat. Like, I don't, I like I don't, don't even own all the digital games anything. that I have on Steam. Like, the 900 or whatever games, I don't own those. I just have the license to play them. Like, well, 
That's fair. That could be gone. But when they pull a game from Steam, you don't lose access to it. You just, no one knew could buy it. This would be different. This mm-hmm. would be like the Netflix of Steam. Yeah. Where it's like, you can play through a game, and it's like, oh, here's all the things leaving Stadia this month. And it's like, but I'm still playing that. <laughs> well, then buy mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little different. Yeah. Like, it's basically saying, I trust Google with all of my gaming information. Right. And mm. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. The like, concept is great, but I don't know if I'm ready to commit that deeply to a data center out who knows where. Yeah. yeah that's some pretty out there DRM, I um, must say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that like they they have it where it picks up where you left off, like that just that's Google tracking you where you're going too. So yep. That's tracking every second of your gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> and they said at any given time you can hit the share button yeah. and save like 4K footage that they pull. F- like even if you're not getting 4K footage to your device because of, you know, restrictions or whatever, they're saving that raw 4K footage from their data center and like putting it on your YouTube page, either, you know, private, unlisted, public, whatever, Man. Um, for you to do whatever you want with. See, this- they have total control. This sounds super scary, but also really cool. (laughs) That's the problem. You can't have both. Uh, You can't have security and cool things. Right. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Oh, man. What was that quote so from, I, like, I don't uh, to Benjamin think about Franklin? Like, whoever gives up security and wants liberty can't have either. So if you want to mm-hmm. give up security, you can't have mm-hmm. cool things. Or I don't know. I'm a little tipsy right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Benjamin Franklin was actually talking about Stadia. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah, I was yeah. no. He knew, man. <laughs> yeah. He's tapped into the multiverse. Yeah, had his little bro. key with the kite, and he was seeing the future. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this sounds, yeah, really cool, but also frightening. Also, like, there was yeah. a quote in that Arts Technical thing saying, uh, Google has expressed interest in and support for cross-platform play. Company assisted that its cloud-based platform will not be vulnerable to cheating or hacking due to multiplayer instances that aren't exposed to the, quote-unquote, the public internet. Public we'll to, internet, huh? Yeah, Ooh. the public internet. We'll, we'll have to wait to see how big console PC. The Googleverse. <laughs> platforms react to Google's call for cross-platform support. So probably like people that use VPNs and stuff to hide themselves would still be able to get past it. I read that as like Google the has their own internet that they're using. For I mean, this. I wouldn't be surprised at all. <laughs> but I think that basically just means as long as they can track it, they can stop it. Yeah, that makes sense. So people will always hide. They know ways to, you know, deepen their own security and get around it. Mm -hmm. But theoretically, they wouldn't be allowed on Google service then. That's... You have to accept the terms and everything, just like Mm -hmm. anything else unsafe on the internet. Ever read those terms? Probably not. No one does. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You just accept it and complain when they take all your data. Right. Like, you agreed for them to take your data. I've given up, man. Like... Yeah. Big Brother's here, anyway, it's already, it's us. There are some other really neat things here, um, like, you know, potentially. Uh, they announced that they've they've started their own first-party studio called Stadia Games and Entertainment, um, and that first-party titles are very important to their business model, uh, which makes me wonder why they're just now doing it when they're announcing the console with barely any uh, uh, publisher relationships yet. Right. right. 
<laughs> this is supposed to release this year, y'all. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> they showed very little that shows that they're ready to release. <clears throat> Aside from, hey, we got the technology figured out. Didn't um, they also say like Unreal Engine? Like they have several yeah, engines for... that are that will be um, supporting it. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is cool. It's just no actual. Yeah, basically titles. anything that uses uh, Vulcan. Yeah, yep. I'm very curious to see more uh, more Vulcan because the only game I ever that I really know of that actually uses that uh, system is uh, uh, Doom, Doom mm-hmm. 2016. Which so. they did announce Doom Eternal's coming. That they showed some footage from that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Same after thing. the conference because who has time for game footage during a games conference, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. Oh boy. Um, yeah. But anyway. Uh, I'm a little cynical about this because I actually, like, I was watching the entire conference and it was over an hour and they barely showed any games footage of the games conference. mm. It was stupid. I didn't watch it. (laughs) I was fascinated by what they were talking about. It just was a very bad games conference. Uh, Um, It sounds dope, though. And Yeah. If this is coming this year, we also have, like, Xbox's thing coming up and that wasn't announced for this year, so maybe they'll... Like it seems yeah. like it's going to be Google versus Xbox for the next uh, like That's big boy like. uh, console war. I guess I don't know. Game streaming. Yeah, game stream. It's like an, it's yeah, as far as that's concerned, race. I'd say it's those two. Whose stream yeah. is bigger? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they also showed off a few other features like uh, state share, which lets you basically like save a, a moment from your game and share it with other people through a link. Mm-hmm. And if they click the link and go to the game through Stadia, <clears throat> so, you know, other people that are subscribed or whatever to this service, uh, they can pull up exactly where you uh, saved that state and play your run. Interesting. Like, so you could say, like, hey, beat my high score and send out a link to all your followers on social media. And they can click on that and it like it reads the UI of the game and everything and like figures out where you were and then creates a new instance of that for whoever clicks on the link so they can run it too. So think of it like like you know, ghost races in a racing game. Yeah, yeah. But with real people. And they can share theirs too, like, ha, I beat you, here's my run. <laughs> uh using the you know, the capture button to show to share their footage and things. So it's it's going to make a very like connected um, you know, uh, creator-based gaming future, which makes sense. That's where we're headed. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of a cool feature. I just wonder how like useful it's going to be. Like you know, if you th- obviously they're doing third first party and some third party and stuff like that, they're not going to like use Nintendo games. But this is what I think of, like something like Breath of the Wild, where it's like you can have an instance in the game, but it could be totally you know, different scenario where it's like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, based on what you've done is, is why you would be there. Like it can't read everything and know exactly what your instance is. But mm-hmm. the the example they used was like a little shoot 'em up game where it can just figure out the UI and, and generate. So we'll have to see how well that actually works. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. I have a, like this, this past week, we, I had a real case scenario for something like this, which was my cousin, he has, he bought a, gaming pc like 10 years ago or something and he's mm-hmm. been having it chugging along this whole time and then it finally shut down on him oh, we were trying man. to play the division together and so he brought his pc over here so my dad could fix it and he just like mm. sold him his old parts and but if like 
since Ubisoft is back in this, he could have just logged on to Stadia and just like play, played with us yeah. that way. And he would have yeah. had like other titles to play with and around with as well, because he likes pl- playing games. He just doesn't play a lot of games, you know. So yeah, for sure. There's definitely a novelty here to like every user that like you know can't afford a thousand dollar gaming computer, but can buy like a two hundred dollar laptop at Walmart and pay like fifteen bucks a month for this service. And it works just like if they had a $1,000 gaming laptop or gaming computer. Um, or like, you know, if I uh, traveled more or something like that and I took my laptop around everywhere. Because I have a laptop, I just never use it because I don't need to. Um, <laughs> so like if I was in a hotel every night, I could be like, hey boys, you know, what are we playing? <laughs> and like just jump into Stadia and like play some Division 2 with you in the hotel. Which, again... The internet there would be terrible, so that's not a real case example. But I'm just saying, like, those are the, the scenarios where it would work. But to the person that would probably, like, stay up on Stadia, they wouldn't need it. They need to market outside of their, you know, their obvious audience. That's where you start, right? Early adopters and hardcore yeah. people. And then mm-hmm. you build up from there. Yeah, cool shit, but also very yeah. frightening. Could be cool, <laughs> yeah. could be super scary, could lead to Skynet. We don't really know at this point. <laughs> um, but what's even weirder <clears throat> is our final story. I'm just going to read this headline. In wake of Google's, Google, wow. <laughs> In wake of Google Stadia, reports suggest Walmart is exploring a game streaming service. No, they aren't. Uh, <laughs> they probably aren't and even if they could it would not compare to google like i don't know why they would even try They're like mm. oh man stadia that actually sounds real cool we're just gonna stop i think let's just, yeah let's just not <laughs> but realistically all of the computers that you're going to get that can run you know going to get like that will run stadia you're gonna buy from walmart let's be honest <laughs> they excel at the crappy 200 dollar laptop Hmm. Um. So why not sell the subscription with the laptop? <laughs> but just you know, partner. Anyway, uh, it says anonymous sources familiar with Walmart's plans uh, have said that the idea allegedly has been in the works since earlier this year, with Walmart supposedly continuing the conversation with various contacts at GDC. Uh, Google is certainly in a better position to make success of such a streaming service due to the amount of servers and computer power at its disposal. Um, but Walmart's Area 71 data center in Missouri, shout out, reportedly <laughs> holds over 460 trillion bytes of data, and the company has Walmart Labs, its tech-centric offices located in Silicon Valley, championing, championing the brand's digital presence. This news story is only here for Missouri shout-out. It's not not here for <laughs> No, the joke here, like, just to end this story off, because this is nothing. There's no information here. Um, the joke is that if, like, if all else fails and Google Stadia doesn't work in my area, at least Walmart has a data center in Missouri, so I can rely on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's close by. Yeah, I can just tap in, you know? It doesn't have to travel that far. It's true. (laughs) It is really weird, like, you know, how big Walmart is, because it started in Arkansas, but all of the founders are, like, local. (laughs) What? Like, they are, 
yeah the Cronky, like the current like owner of walmart owns most of columbia missouri what like most of the buildings there and stuff like that are his that he rents out wow um he's also the one that just moved the st louis rams over to los angeles so even if he wasn't a scummy person already, he's dead to me. Uh, because he took a lot of the economic boost out of St. Louis, which was already struggling. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. He basically owns most of Missouri and then just pulled, like, a good portion of his business out because it was more profitable for him. Jeez. He's the worst. Uh, but Walmart is still a major um, economic boost for the state. So... You know, if this gets, like, more jobs and stuff here, sure, let them do it. Compete with Google. Why not? I'd be curious. I wouldn't try it, but, I, you know, competition is a good thing. Yeah. It would only have, like, those really shitty indie games that are on sale for, like, 25 cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's the bargain bin service. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it could play the crap out of Fallout 76. Oh, sick burn. <laughs> Beep, beep, beep. All right, let's end this. Oof. All right, and okay, you in the show. I was just doing the news. It's it's That's you it. now, Justin. Where can the people find your stuff? <laughs> Why didn't they you just can... throw it at me? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I said let's end this. Okay, all right. That was throwing it at you. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't catch it. It's not my fault. <laughs> um, you can find me. If you look up Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch, um, I am actually going to start streaming in the near future after I get rid of this cough that I've got going on. Nice. Um, I I put out a poll, and my my voice has been kind of raspy. Um, I noticed when I was editing my the video that I'm working on, I was like, "Oof, I mm. sound pretty congested." <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's fine. It's just audio. Uh, but yeah, I put out a poll of like what people would want me to play. Um, based on just some urges I'd had recently, because, you know, you gotta like what you're streaming, or else you're not gonna finish it. And I guess I'm gonna start up Mario's Mario RPG. Hmm. Um, nice. And that'll be fun. I was I surprised might, like, at how close that poll was. Yeah! I really thought it was gonna be 50-50, and then I was gonna be super annoyed. But it was like <laughs> 49-51. It was really weird. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, um... I talked recently about, like, wanting, you know, the curiosity of restarting Breath of the Wild. Because uh, I haven't actually, like, played the beginning of it since launch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if, like, I was just blown away by, like, how it felt the first time. Or if I actually enjoyed the game. Because, like, I tried to go back to Skyward Sword and I, I couldn't really do it. Like, I enjoy the mm-hmm. game, but the motion controls ruined yeah. it for me. So I was like, is Breath of the Wild actually a good game? And so I do <laughs> want to try it again sometime. But... Um, the Mario video that I had made before, uh, renewed my itch for Mario RPG. And then now the video I'm making now, which I will also promote real quick, um, also has some talk about, like, Mario RPG games in general, uh, cause I guess I'm on a trend. Um, and so it made me want to play it even more cause I'm like, you know, seeing some of my favorite parts and I'm like, man, I love that stuff. So yeah, I'm excited to get into Whoa. that. <laughs> my uh, my smart lights are set to turn off at 10.30. Ah, gotcha. Um, I forgot that I have that set on weekends. They too. definitely work, so there's that. Yeah. They do. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, the only other time that's happened when I didn't mean it to was during D&D one night. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, point is I'm going to be streaming some Mario RPG in the next few weeks. Uh, start that up. <clears throat> um, I don't have a schedule or anything yet, but just, you know, follow me and wait for that. Uh, hit that little bell for notifications so that you know when I go live. Blah, 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 all that good stuff. Um, but I also am working on a short little editorial video about why uh, the cadence of Hyrule game is so important mm-hmm. as Nintendo proves that it's willing to like outsource its IPs more. Um, so that was kind of a fun little like deep dive. I actually did some research into some of their like business opinions in the past and how mm-hmm. they've changed now and things like that. So I'm trying to get more into that like in-depth, you know, like editorial type stuff instead cool. of just sharing my stupid opinions. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that. Hello. You guys can find me on Twitter at Nero the Hero N three R zero T H E H three R zero. You can also find me on YouTube and Nero the Hero all with letters. And you guys can find me here doing the charge shot thing with the charge shot boys. And you can find you. me, your host Thomas, on Twitter, CSG Thomas on Twitter. You can also email me, Thomas at chargeshot.com. You can also visit our website, chargeshot.com. All of our social media links are there. You can visit our YouTube page from there. When we stream this, we go live 9 p.m. Eastern time on Friday nights. And you can leave us a review on all of the podcast networks out there, such as iTunes, Stitcher. And until then, guys, enjoy your games. Bye.